Warning, the following podcast features views and opinions that are not representative of the collective views of the Whispers groups. Some of these views may not be suitable for children. Accordingly, the producers and hosts of the Missy AE podcast must insist that no one attempt to take anything that is being said as representative of the views of any of the Whispers groups. Well, that's the last time I ever use any royalty-free music, or try to. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Sports Whispers Weekly, uh, courtesy of the Missy AE podcast. Uh, I am your host, Steve. As always, I am joined by Lou. Uh, Lou, I'm pretty sure you probably couldn't hear the the initial song that we had played tonight, but... Uh, yeah, muffled. Yeah, needless to say, uh, we're not. We're, we're, I guess we're going to stick away from uh, from royalty free from royalty free music. I tried to put yeah. in some new stuff to avoid to avoid copyright and uh, right, of yeah. Needless to say, um, that didn't turn out so well uh, that I, I that I thought it would. Uh, but we have a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, we do have oh, yeah. the college, uh, the college season, obviously fully underway, and it seems like there's quite a mm-hmm. bit of weird activity going on in the, in in this week's games. Uh, quite a also, few upsets. Quite oh, a course. few upsets on tap right now. Uh, I mean, Appalachian State currently leads Miami. Uh, Arkansas wow. currently leads. Arkansas currently leads Texas. Uh, Ohio State uh, got cut by Oregon earlier. Well, that um, could either also, way. Yeah, but it, I mean, it's you know, it's twelfth ranked against number three ranked. So yeah, you know, I would I would kind of consider that a big upset, considering Ohio State is supposed to be one of the top uh, one of the top colleges right, yeah. in the country. Uh, there's but they're no, they're no lose or slouch. Yeah, we did have a bit of a minor upset. Uh, ooh, actually, I think if I take a look at the, well, actually, no, this one go, could go either way. So it's uh, Iowa technically because they're ranked number ten over yeah. uh, number nine Iowa State. Uh, Iowa yeah. did upset. Uh, Iowa State today, twenty-seven seventeen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did have. It looked like. Uh, actually, hang on. Oh wait, no, never mind. That was. That was something else I was looking at there. Uh, ah. But we, you know, we do we do have a lot of games still underway right now. Uh, we also yes. have the NFL season. Set to be well, the NFL season technically has already begun with a huge yes. banger of a matchup between the uh, Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay great Buccaneers. Should have won yes, that. It was a it was a very great game, and I think if anything, even though Dallas may have lost this by a narrow margin, I think fans have to be encouraged by the fact that it looks like Dak Prescott is officially back. Yes. With with his 403-yard effort, three touchdowns, one pick, completed 42 of his 58 pass attempts. Uh, it looks like, Fabulous. you know, the, 
the Cowboys looked like a completely different team when Prescott is healthy. Oh, yeah. Now, the big problem, though, with Dallas is that, to me, it kind of seems like they've become more one-dimensional now because they're not really using that run game like they should be. Ezekiel Elliott... Ezekiel Elliott only had 11 carries for 33 yards, and his longest one was a 13-yard carry. Mm-hmm. And a, apart from that, you know, Tony Pollard had three carries for 14 yards. Dak Prescott had four rushes of his own for 13. You know, it it just seemed like it seemed like Dallas has turned into more of a passing team as opposed to the dual threat that they used to that That's they used to employ in the first couple of years that Dak and uh Ezekiel Elliott were in the league. But I know I know okay. you're I'll be here for the duration, uh, Steve. You're... Okay, that's perfect. That's perfect uh for tonight, Lou. Um no, I I know that uh you know you are a Cowboys fan. Uh don't say it out loud. It does have to it does. It does have to be a bit discouraging the fact that, you know, just when it looked like Ezekiel Elliott was back, and yet now all of a sudden, you know, Ezekiel Elliott went back to being the guy who basically, you know, hasn't delivered. Yeah. Essentially, uh, but right. you did get. You did get huge games from Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb. Uh, C.D. Lamb mm-hmm. is a very mm-hmm. good sign. It's a very good sign to see that he took a he took a step forward uh, in at least in this first matchup. Seven catches, 104 yards, and a touchdown for C.D. Lamb. Uh, Amari Cooper, yes. 13 catches, 139 yards, two touchdowns. So clearly, uh, the pass game isn't a problem. The problem right now, well, apart from the defense, is the run game. Well, and the fact that you have a kicker who is coming off of back surgery as well. Uh, right. Which produced, which produced quite a couple of questionable decisions made by Mike McCarthy uh, in this matchup. But what, what were your thoughts, Lou, on how how did you think Dallas did uh in Dak Prescott's first game back. Oh, spectacular. If it wasn't for a few mistakes, he would have won that game. We missed a couple of extra points, though, and that's what has to screw us over. But remember, if it's against Brady, you know, if you leave any time from the clock, they're always going to give you one last chance to win it, and we got screwed, of course. But I asked a question early tonight, which I think um, was very interesting. Let's say that if... Well, okay, I mean, this happened in the past without, without – but do you think still if Gronkowski uh, and Brady were separated, I mean, not longer playing the same team, would they be as dominant? Unfortunately, a lot of people said, yes, they would be, but I don't think so. I think without uh, Gronkowski, Brady um, wouldn't be able to pull up half those comebacks, if any at all. Well – well, here's the thing. You mean you mean if they had never played together, or if Gronkowski no, had just no, stayed retired? If, no, well, if yeah, if they would if he retired, or if he would have went to another team, but I, you know, like I said, if they were separated, would they be? Would the uh, well, 
with Tampa Bay or right with Brady B still dominant and come up with uh, last minute heroics to win. I don't think he can do it without. I think, I think it's possible that he would because when you take a look at who the second tight end is, obviously you have OJ Howard and you have Cameron Bray in there. Uh, Cameron Brait took over really well for when uh, when OJ Howard went down with an injury uh, for the rest of the season last year, and we know the type of player that OJ that OJ Howard is, and the type of catches that he's able I to forgot. make. So, if yeah. Gronkowski had decided not to go into retirement, or if he decided not to come out of retirement last year, and assuming that OJ Howard stays healthy. I think it's entirely possible that we still could have seen a Super Bowl win for uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Because let's keep in I was mind, say that. Okay, let's keep in mind. Okay, let's take away Gronkowski for a minute from the Super yes. Bowl. Okay. Odds are still wins because mm. a lot of uh, you know a lot of the offense went to the receivers. You know, Antonio Brown, mm. Mike Evans. A lot of the offense went to the receivers and also to uh, to Leonard Fournette as well and Ronald Jones. Yes. So the thing with Brady is, I mean, obviously Rob Gronkowski is one of his favorite targets, if not his uh, his favorite target. Period. Uh, but I mean, Br- Brady's won games before without. Gronkowski ever even getting the ball. Yeah, but that so. was then. This is now. I mean, now with uh, you know Brady getting up there in years. I mean, he is approaching what uh, eighty-five in football years, give or take. So uh, you know, I don't know if they if they can pull it off without each other anymore. I'm hoping they don't. Yeah, yeah, give or take, give or take a few. He's reaching uh, in football years at least. He is pushing eighty. He's he's forty-four. Yeah. Uh, you know he's going to be he forty-five is. next. He's going to be forty-five next year, next August. So, I mean, obviously, it, it's been said that when that when Brady retires, Gronk will officially retire again because Gronk doesn't want to play right. with anybody else other than Brady. So I they think mean? if they were if they were separated then Gronk definitely would have stayed retired if mm-hmm. if Brady hadn't asked him to come out of retirement. Right. Now, let's say hypothetically, if Gronkowski were to have gone to another team, it all depends on who he would have throwing to him. Like if he had okay. Aaron Rodgers throwing to him, if he had Aaron Rodgers throwing to him, I think he would do well. I still think he would do well. If he had Russell Wilson, you know, I think he would do well. Now, on the other hand, if you have somebody like Andy Dalton throwing to him, Ugh. probably not. You know, heard. I think I think with Gronk, you know, he can still make those big plays. And actually, he claims that he's in probably the best shape of his career, even uh, even even in better shape than he did when uh, he won the Super Bowls with the Patriots. So, I would think that, assuming that he would land on 
on a team with a competent quarterback. I mean, hell, you know, another great yeah. spot for him would have been Dallas. If uh, if Dak Prescott stays healthy, you know, they, I mean, they, they don't really have top-level tight ends down there in yep. Dallas. So if he were to land it on if he were to have landed on a on a team like Dallas or hell I'll say maybe even Houston I still think mm. he would put up around the same numbers that he that he would put up with Brady. See because and I'll say I'll say this too even though even though Houston sucks it's not because they of their offense. It's not because of their offense it's because of their defense that they suck. So, yes. uh, you know, Deshaun Watson, I mean, obviously he's already uh, ruled out for week one, and probably he may be out for the entire season uh, due to this investigation that's currently ongoing. Oh, yeah. Even if, even if he was, even, you know, even if Gronkowski was with Deshaun Watson, I think he would probably put up big numbers because regardless of where he's going to go, Gronkowski would be a big target, mainly because of his size. Now, Brady, on the other hand, you know, I mean, he made Kembro Tompkins and Aaron Dobson into stars uh, for during their short time in new England. I should say, uh, you know, he made them look better than they really were. So it's entirely possible if he had to deal with, say, O.J. Howard instead of Rob Gronkowski, it's very possible he could elevate O.J. Howard to, mm. to you know, to higher production as opposed to, say, if O.J. Howard was, was still – getting passes from Jameis Winston. Mm. But, yeah, you know, another thing, speaking of Tampa Bay, that offense, I mean, it is just unfair. It's just unfair looking looking at that offense as a whole. I mean, the fact that, first off, it's, it's rare to see, a Super Bowl winning a Super Bowl winning team keep everybody bring everybody back from that previous yes. year. It's very rare to see that happen. So for Tampa to do for Tampa to do that, you know, I would honestly put Tampa right up at the right up at the top. As uh, mm-hmm. as far as contend as far as contenders go for the Super Bowl again, I wouldn't be shocked if we see a rematch between Tampa Bay and Kansas City. Mm. Although, although the one negative I would put uh, on that would be, I would probably put more put more money on seeing Tampa Bay back in the Super Bowl than seeing Kansas City back. Yes. And the reason is, the reason is. Uh, Kansas City no longer has Sammy Watkins, so that's another that's another target uh, missing for Patrick Mahomes, and 
he's also even though even though they did get uh Joe Tooney this offseason, he's missing two of his best offensive linemen as Mitchell Schwartz is a free agent. Uh and they had they had somebody they had somebody else who ended up uh, going into free agency and choosing to sign elsewhere. Uh so you know, Kansas City has definitely had some losses this uh this off season, which in my opinion could potentially kill their chances. Well, I shouldn't say kill it, but it will definitely harm their chances at another Super Bowl appearance this year. Yes. Now they now they can still make it though because of the fact that Pat Mahomes is I mean, he's one, he's one of those one-of-a-kind uh, quarterbacks, you know, that can make passes. That, uh, you know, sometimes they call him the magic man, where yeah. he'll make passes out of his ass, basically. And I've tried that. And it's entirely it possible. It's entirely possible that it could still go down that same route as well here. Uh, even without two of his top uh, offensive linemen this year. But, I mean, you take a look at this Tampa Bay offense. Antonio Brown, he seems like he's back to the Pittsburgh Antonio Brown, which if that's the case, uh, the entire entire NFL is in serious trouble this year. Yes. I mean, Antonio Brown, five catches, 121 yards, one touchdown catch – Chris Godwin, he had nine catches for 105 yards uh, with a touchdown as well. Uh, Gronkowski, you know, eight catches, 90 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, you know, it's it, it just wasn't even fair that uh, no. some of these throws, some of these throws Brady made with ease on Thursday night. So. You know, it, and, and the same thing that happened with Dallas, the run game wasn't really a factor. It was pretty much all, and the fact that he was able uh, to get these passes off like he was. Uh, I agree with what you said previously, though, Lou, that if Greg Zerline, you know, wasn't dealing with uh, recovery from back surgery and – yes. Maybe if he was maybe if he was the Greg Zerline of old, maybe Dallas would have potentially won this game. Yeah, I mean it's kind of telling when you go three for five and you miss an extra point as well. I yes. mean that's seven point that's that's seven points that you've let go essentially. Although you know, never mind. I'm not even going to say seven. I'll say four because right, one of the right. attempts. One of the attempts wasn't even close. I mean, it was from. Hang on, I want to look. I want to look this up because it was. Let's see, where did he? It was right before the end of the half. Uh, a sixty-yard attempt. I mean, a sixty-yard attempt. They must have thought that they had the Patriots quarterback Quinn Norton or something. Maybe. I mean, I'm sorry. They call they call Zerline Greg the leg, but Zerline doesn't have the power to kick a 60 yard field goal. I mean, I'm sorry. No, it's 
you know, it's just not, it's just not happening. So, uh, I will say though, there were a couple of standouts, you know, on the defense for uh, the for the Dallas Cowboys. Jordan Lewis, uh, Trevor, uh, Trayvon Diggs, both had uh, interceptions. We also had a, a couple of pass defenses from Demonte Kazi as well, or Demonte Kaze, however they pronounce it, as well as uh, yeah. the rookie Micah Parsons out of Penn State. Um, you also had, I believe we, did we have any, mm, yeah, actually, no, we did have uh, a couple of forced fumbles, uh, one by Demarcus Lawrence, one by Kaze, uh, and we had recoveries by Randy Gregory and Jordan and Jordan Lewis. So we saw that we saw from the defenses, Demarcus Lawrence is still Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, so, you know, there, there are a few things that can be worked on, uh, with the defense, but for the most part, you know, I think Dallas, there's quite a bit of potential there that, you know, if things can fall away, maybe perhaps they can get back to the, they can get back to playoff contention. I mean, what are you, what are your thoughts on that, Lou? Well, you know, injuries, of course, do I think play a factor, and you know, because like like I said, if if they only didn't miss the extra point, you know, that could have been one. So, you know, that's that's why I think I messed uh, you know messed us up. Otherwise, you know, we would have we would have won. It was a very competitive game, and a lot of people, you know, were downing it. A lot of people didn't think that it was going to be uh, competitive at all, but uh, they should prove them wrong. I mean, I'm taking a look at your schedule right now. You face off against yes. the Chargers next week. You face off Big against the Chargers, Chargers next week. And Char- <laughs> what I find odd is the Chargers are favored to win. Maybe it's because they're just at home, but yeah, I would probably give the I would probably go with the Cowboys over the Chargers. Oh, yeah. next week. Oh, uh, sure. Come on, what are the Chargers you know, got? Nothing. Then you head then you head out to uh, Philadelphia, and or actually no, right. it's a little tougher. You guys, you guys are you guys have a three a three game homestand actually uh, beginning in week three. Uh, yeah, it should be. It should be better. With the Philadelphia Eagles coming into town, and considering uh, considering how close to a dumpster fire the Eagles are right now, I would probably look at that as a potential win. So that'll be more than likely uh, a two and one record. Yes. Then you have the Carolina Panthers coming into town, which I mean, honestly, you know, I'm probably. I'm probably going to give the give the edge to Dallas there as well. That'd be wise. And then you have the New York Giants coming into town as well, which, I mean, come on. I'm giving the edge to yeah. Dallas there too. So it's possible these next four games could all be wins for Dallas if the defense holds up. 
And then, of course, yes. in Game Six, you have uh, you have a meeting with the Patriots. Mm. Which, depending on how Mac Jones fares, uh, yeah, I could see that going either way. And then, and then before, or no, no, then after that week, you guys have a bye week. And then you face off. You face off uh, after the bye week against the Minnesota Vikings. So, you know, it's definitely promising, in my opinion, at least, that Dallas could potentially, uh, with the with the strength of their schedule, they could potentially uh, be in the running for another playoff run. Uh, however, there are a few things uh, to take into consideration here. The first thing is the suspension of Lyle Collins uh-huh. for for five games due to uh, due to testing po- or testing positive for uh, for uh, banned substances and. He also failed to appear for scheduled drug tests. Um, now he's going to be sidelined through week six, and he he will probably he's set to return to the field uh, following the team's bye. So week eight will be basically his, you know, his first chance to appear for the Cowboys. And also, this is another setback as well as Michael Gallup will apparently miss three to five weeks with a calf strain. So, so you're looking. This basically cements that C.D. Lamb is going to be the number two option for Dallas, which means you may you may see more you may see more use of both of your tight ends. Uh, Good for for the. Uh, foreseeable future. Like so Blake Jarwin, uh, Blake Jarwin and, Dal- and Dalton Schultz will be, will probably be uh, picking up a lot of uh, Gallup's targets, unless of course those end up going to be split between Cooper and Lamb. I don't know, but, mm. or maybe they'll give it to oh, Seth could Wilson. Be. They might also give them to Seth Wilson, but that's an- another thing too, that uh, yeah. my friend, uh, my friend Jared, who is also participating in the Games Gridiron uh, thing that that we're doing, and he's also a Dallas Cowboys fan, and he just could Thanks. not, for the life of him, understand why they were targeting Wilson with some of those passes. Although he did catch all three all three targets that he had for twenty four yards, but. You know, still, this just this just shows there's there's a lot of work uh, that's oh yeah that's still to be done with this uh, with this Cowboys team. And also another thing too is with with the uh, with them losing Lyle Collins that you know maybe that maybe that makes sense as to why we didn't see much of Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. Because Collins is a big part of a big part of establishing the run game for Dallas. Yes, and it's bad enough. 
it's bad enough that you guys are already without Zach Martin as he tested positive for COVID-19. And they were also, uh, they were also without backup offensive lineman Brandon Knight as well, who was ruled a close contact. You know, the, the Cowboy, it's obviously COVID is still going to be an issue, uh, throughout the whole season, you know, this probably won't be the first yeah. time that a cowboy that a cowboy tests positive uh, no. or is or is listed as a close contact, you know, but you got to see a lot in the league overall, not just by certain teams, but that is to be oh, expected. No. But but yeah, remember that uh, the um, vaccination rate among players is 95% that at least have one shot. So at least that's on the positive side. That's true. That that is, that is true. They are so. There's any consolation. Uh, the, they are one of the highest, or at least, or maybe the highest vaccinated team yes. in the NFL. So, uh, I, I you know I guess Zach Martin was just one was one of the players that hasn't been vaccinated yet, or maybe, I mean, just because you are vaccinated, that doesn't mean that you can't catch covid so maybe he was vaccinated and mm-hmm. he just happened to catch covid jesus arkansas i'm oh my god i am looking at mm. an update here arkansas 33 to 7 over texas right now okay my colleagues are not happy with this one it is it, i mean it is a thrashing Right now, by the Arkansas Razorbacks, uh, Barry yeah. uh, head coach head coach Barry Odom really had Arkansas prepared for Texas today. I guess you can say welcome officially uh, the Longhorns to the SEC. Yeah, a completely a completely different style of play. Told you when they switch conferences, you know the whole the whole the whole momentum changes, and sometimes it's not for the best. I mean, because there's more teams that are going to be uh, switching conferences. You know, like there's three teams from the AC conference, AAC, and they're going to switch over to the conference. And I got to answer you, they are going to suck. Believe me, these teams are going to yeah. suck. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's a completely it, it's a completely different beast, especially when you're if you're switching oh, yeah. over to the SEC. If you're switching over to the SEC, I mean it's it's a completely different beast, regardless. Uh, you know, if you switch from conference to conference, but especially if you switch over mm-hmm. to the SEC, you're facing much tougher opponents compared yep. to some of the other conferences. So, I was I saying much Texas, You know, I think Texas is really starting to get that message now, uh, having. Facing off, facing off against Arkansas here. Now we do have also a couple of finals from earlier in the SEC with Georgia uh, blazing over the Blazers of UAB fifty-six to seven, and we also have we also have Alabama uh, forty-eight to fourteen over Mercer. I mean, this yeah. is how much of a no contest. This is how much of a no contest it was for Georgia. Their their quarterback, their quarterback was ten for twelve, with two hundred and eighty-eight yards and five touchdowns. 
that's how much of a no contest it was. Yeah. I mean, it's Georgia. I really thought those games were over. Oh, yeah. No, they are over. They are, uh, you know, they are finalized, but, you know, it's it's abundantly clear at this point. I mean, the, uh, the, the cream puff schedule, I thought those games were finished already. Apparently they oh, no. extend a little bit longer now. Yeah, they do, but you kind of have to yeah. expect that, though. Right. But uh, Alabama, you know, forty-eight, fourteen. It's it's abundantly clear that Alabama is picking up right where they left off last year. And yeah. I mean, granted, it's against granted it's against Mercer, but. I mean, you're kind of used to seeing Alabama putting out this type of offense against uh, but against they anybody. But they suffered a key injury today. Uh, they oh, they did. Who did they end up? Oh, maybe not a key. Maybe not a key injury, but they did suffer. They did suffer an injury. Um, just let me find the article here. Losing? Just let me find that article here. I'm doing scores and uh, all this at the same time, and unfortunately, oh, Michigan's up ten nothing. Okay. All right. So just let me. Uh, yeah. Bama lost their linebacker, their outside linebacker. Oh, so that is. Especially, I mean, usually maybe with Alabama, it's, you know, next man up. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's possible, depending on how long he's out, that could have some a, a bit of an effect on their defense. But, well, they're not saying right now how long, but it could be minor, it could, but it could, could last longer. Uh, Will Anderson, the outside linebacker. A leg injury. Uh, well, apparently. Oh, injury. a leg injury. Okay. Apparently, leg injury. So, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, you know, that's going to be one of those. I mean, it depends on what type of a leg injury it is. It depends on right. you know, is it is it lower leg? Is it is it ACL? You know, well, they're they're trying to, to figure that out. I mean, it's possible. Maybe he could. Maybe he could be sidelined for a couple of weeks. Maybe he's. Uh, maybe he's day to day. You know, it's a it's yeah. it depends on the severity of the injury. You know, we'll probably find out possibly maybe as early as tomorrow. Right. Yeah, they, they uh, said right now the status is questionable. Oh, okay. So if his status is questionable, then you know that's that's actually when you think about it, that could actually be uh, a good sign that maybe perhaps they're not expecting him to be out for a considerable length of time. Yeah, but you never know. It's questionable. That can mean that can mean you know. Could be back in a few days. Could be out a week or two. So it's it's really tough to say. True. That's true. Uh, we did have another SEC win today, although they didn't cover uh, Texas A&M ten to seven over Colorado. It's funny that an unranked team could hold 
a number five rank to only 10 points. If you like defense, that was your game. I mean, my God. You know, yeah. I... And we we also uh, we did see Clemson uh, get back to where they were supposed to be. Uh, the Clemson uh, Tigers with a forty nine to three thrashing of uh, South Carolina, which actually looking at this, oh, it was South Carolina State. Never mind. I thought that was the South Carolina uh, Gamecocks. I thought I was gonna have. I thought I I thought I had made an error. No, or something no. can't compare that. The, uh, yeah, I I mean I thought I thought I had made an error or something on the game's gridiron and I was going to have to I was going to have to change everything, but nope, that was that's the right South Carolina team. Uh well, it wasn't the one that I was thinking. Uh it was. Uh we did have some other some other finals from earlier today. Cincinnati, the Bearcats uh rolling over Murray State 42 to 7. Uh Notre Dame yeah. 32 to 29 over Toledo. Uh, Penn State 44 to 13 over Ohio State. Uh, we also have Florida 42 to 20 over South Florida, though South Florida covers in this case because the line was I think 28 or something. Uh, let's see some other finals. We also have. Uh, Virginia Tech over Middle Tennessee, 35-14. Auburn to nothing shutout of Alabama State. Uh, Games that are still scheduled to start uh, in the next half hour or so, we have BYU hosting Utah. Uh, Stanford going to USC. And we have uh, the University of Las Vegas, I think it is, UNLV. You know, the, was uh, again, that a basketball school? Against uh, Arizona State. And, of course, some uh, a final from yesterday. Can, the Kansas Jayhawks dropped a 49-22 to loss to Coastal Carolina. Mm-hmm. Now, some games that are still ongoing. Uh, North Carolina with a 24-10 to lead over Georgia State. Ole Miss. 37-7 over Austin P.I. Uh, Miami has retaken the lead, 19-17 to over Appalachian State. Uh, Wisconsin, 27 to nothing shutout of Eastern Michigan. That's still uh, around the beginning of the fourth quarter there. Uh, mm-hmm. Texas has come back, has come back uh, with a touchdown in the fourth quarter here against Arkansas. It's now 33-14. to and Oklahoma completely rolling all over Western Carolina, sixty-two to nothing. So, yeah, that is uh, that's that one's not even close at all uh, in terms in terms of. Uh, I think it's safe to say that Oklahoma is probably going to cover the spread when it comes yeah. to that. Now, taking a look at. Hang on one second. Let me pull up the uh, let me pull up the picks here because last I checked, I believe you currently have. Oh, by the way, you did have uh, the you were tied 
four wins last week with six. I'll take it. You were tied. You were tied with two other people uh, with six. Uh, let's see. Going into going into today. Let's see. What do you currently have? You have one loss, and that's to Ohio State. Ohio State not covering. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Actually, let me check. Iowa State. Um, actually, no, the Hawkeyes beat Iowa State. So you have two losses uh, currently. Okay. But you do have BYU tonight. You have BYU tonight. And tomorrow you have Kansas City, Indianapolis, and Green Bay. And you have Baltimore on Monday night. So it's entirely possible you may still – you may still possibly end up with a with a five and two record this week, depending right. on depending on if BYU uh, is able to cover. Which, I mean, it's possible against Utah. You never know. Uh, and Baltimore, you know, that's another thing we need to talk about too. With ba- the the yeah. problems that are going on in Baltimore, because. The Ravens have already gone through three running backs at the beginning of the season, all done due to torn ACLs. The newest member of that group is Gus Edwards, who was projected to be the number one running back for the uh, Ravens' backfield. Their third season-ending injury in 12 days. None of them occurred during the regular season. So, the Ravens have J.K. Dobbins, Justice Hill, and Gus Edwards all out with lower body injuries. In this case, J.K. Mm-hmm. Dobbins and Edwards have a torn ACL, and Justice Hill has a torn Achilles. And this is supposed to be a run-heavy attack for the Ravens' offense. I think it's safe to say that uh, if anybody owns Hollywood Brown uh, in fantasy football, I think his stock has probably risen through the roof now. I I have a feeling you're probably going to be seeing a more pass-heavy offense this year. Yes. Even though they did sign Le'Veon Bell, and they also signed Devontae Freeman to their practice squad, uh, not sure if he'll be promoted for tomorrow, for uh, Monday's game, though. Uh, they did also sign Latavius Murray uh, to a one-year deal worth about $2 million. So, basically, their, run, their uh, running back room now consists of Le'Veon Bell, Latavius Murray, and Tyson Williams are going to be your three top backs to start off the, to start off the year. I mean, honestly, it's quite a different room compared yes. to what they had to start off the season. I mean, do you think that? I, I mean, it's it's obvious, you know, when they when they had drafted Lamar Jackson, that they completely changed how they ran their entire, uh, you know, how they ran their entire team. Yes, with with them becoming a run-heavy team, especially with a run-heavy quarterback. 
Mm-hmm. Do you think it's possible that Baltimore can be able to adjust successfully to where maybe perhaps they can still be a credible playoff threat despite having I don't know. no with running the injury, backs? With the, injuries, with the injuries piling up with that team, I, I don't know. I mean, it's tough to say. I mean, I think they may, I think they may be struggling, you know, this season. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised if Baltimore did did not make the playoffs uh, next next year uh, this season. It's not just that, but they are also without Marcus Peters, one of their yes. top corners. He's out now with a torn ACL, done for the year. Uh, however, though, they do still have a deeper corner group than most teams, but uh, this is definitely a big loss for that defense, uh, not having oh, yeah. Marcus Peters. As his 31 interceptions lead the league since he entered the league in 2015. So... I mean, they still have a pretty deep defense, but, you know, they lost, they lost Matthew Judon in free agency to the Patriots, and now they now uh, Marcus Peters is going down with an injury. You know, it's it, – there, there's a lot that is currently not going the Ravens' way no. right now. However, they did make one uh, specific move this week. They did sign tight end Mark Andrews, the number one target, Lamar Jackson, to a four-year, $56 million extension that will put him with the team through 2024. Uh, He does get $37.6 million guaranteed on the deal, and his $14 million per year on the new deal puts him right behind George Kittle and Travis Kelsey in terms of being the highest paid tight ends in the league. Yes, I heard that. And this was, this is technically a contract year before he ended up signing this extension. So, uh, and he was already looking for a rebound year after taking steps back last year because of uh, the diminished uh, the diminished offense that the uh, that the Ravens ran and it's possible that uh, Andrews could potentially could potentially flirt with uh, with having double digit touchdowns scored this year so uh, that's uh-huh. one guy obviously to keep an eye on now there is one uh, person in particular that is causing some waves around the league, and that is DeAndre Swift of the Detroit Lions. I don't know if you've heard of this, Lou, but mm-hmm. apparently, apparently uh, Swift is supposedly under police investigation into oh, yeah. uh, into into a possible homicide. I think I supposedly. did hear something of that. Well, we can't say anything for sure since nobody's opposing it. You know, we're just assuming. So, you know, we have we got to be careful. About yeah, that. I mean, I want I want to give the wrong information. You know, I say suppose we are, yeah. Well, is it yes or no? You know, because I, you know, because you know, we can get, you know, whenever we try to get a story, and you know, I want to make sure that's exact. You know, the 
to make it official before, you know, we get any misleading information because, you know, I've done in the past, not proud of it, but, you know, I thought I had the whole story, you know, confirmed, but at the last second it was changed. Yeah. And, you know, I, 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 I kind of want to state this again uh, for, because we did have a, we have a bit, we had a bit of a uh, situation happen last night on the Big Brother podcast. Uh, I do want to state this. Uh, I do want to state this, that a lot of the stuff that we say on these podcasts are opinions. Now, obviously, right. if I report, you know, if I say something that has actually been officially reported, then that's, you know, that's a different, that's a different story. But right, a lot of the stuff that we talk about is based off of opinion. You know, it doesn't mean... Even though, even though I'm saying that DeAndre Swift may have been implicated in a murder, that doesn't mean it is fact. It's something that we found, you know, that we found on uh, while while creating the uh, the uh, the lineup for tonight's show, and mm-hmm. it's considered to be potentially newsworthy because it would have a big impact on a team like the Detroit Lions. Uh, you know where he's their number one running back. So we ha- we have to at least put it out there and see if you know it's if it's true, if it's not true. But once again, a lot of the stuff that we talk about is based on opinion, unless it's explicitly stated that it is reported by by a certain somebody, like say Adam Schefter of ESPN or. Uh, Ian Rappaport or Ian Rappaport of NFL Network. Now, obviously, right. a, uh, these these have not been reported yet by those by those two or by uh, a, a lot of this right. stuff has been basically uh, involving DeAndre Swift uh, has basically come up as speculation. But uh, there is somebody from uh, Twitter. Uh, Blue check mark, which mm. means they're verified. Uh, Dave Klug says uh, says this tweet is dated September 9th, and it says, "I just called the Philly PD and spoke Thursday. with an officer. I just called the Philly PD and spoke with an officer in the commissioner's office. There was an anonymous tip that came in via tip line over two months ago that implicated DeAndre Swift in a murder." The officer said that Swift is not being investigated at this time. Now, this also was corroborated by uh, Incarcerated Bob on Twitter, who, you know, it's his name may look funny, but he's broken trades before, before any of the other uh, big names right. have done it. So. He's broken trades and he's broken signings well before anybody else previously. So uh, he has stated on this, be careful with DeAndre Swift in any of your fantasy lineups. Might want to start listening to some trade offers before some news breaks soon. And this was two days ago as well. So maybe it's true, maybe it's not, but you would kind of have to think, Lou, that if it was, if this was true, if this was an anonymous tip that came in two months ago to Philly PD, you would think this would have been, 
you know, that this would have come out earlier exactly. as opposed to right now. I was thinking. So what, what are your thoughts on that, Lou? Do you, do you think there's any, uh, you know, there's anything for, uh, for this story to stand on or is this just speculation at this point? Right now, I think at this point, it's just speculation, and I don't believe anything that's speculative because that could lead that could lead to more rumors. And uh, you know, I just rather stick. I just rather stick to facts. Yeah. Now, you know, because they could say one thing and turn on something else, and uh, you know, I don't. I don't mess with that. And it has been it has been uh, shut down by Detroit's head coach Dan, Dan Campbell, who was asked to address it yesterday. Uh, during his press conference, and he said that it's just Internet rumors that he doesn't feel he needs to comment on right now. Uh, And when he was asked if Swift was under investigation, he said, not to my knowledge. Now, obviously, if he was under investigation, the Lions would know about this and whatnot. Um, Now, there is a report by NFL Network's Mike Garofalo, who tweeted Friday, saying that he had done extensive reporting on the situation and that police had had declined to comment. Uh, He did confirm that there was an open homicide investigation, but there's no indication that Swift is a suspect. Now, on the football side of things, he is confirmed to play tomorrow uh, for the uh, against the 49ers for the Lions after working through a groin injury throughout much of training camp. So uh, that's yes. good news for the Lions that he will be available uh, to play. But you know, it, it, I I always find it that when I always find it funny that when things like uh, when stories like this pop up, it's always right before the regular season starts. And uh, Saquon Barkley of the New York Giants has officially been medically cleared to play against the Denver Broncos tomorrow for the New York Giants. Mm-hmm. So that is good news for uh, for a Giants offense that has severely missed Barkley. Uh, after going down with that gruesome injury last year, uh, oh, Barkley yeah. is officially back. I think that's what really screwed up their season. I think maybe if Barkley would have been healthy, the Giants would have been would have been better. Now maybe uh, they could uh, show some uh, signs of life in the division uh, this year. Well, anything would be an improvement from last season with that division because that division was crap. Oh yeah, obviously. I mean, you take a. It was basic. It, it's kind of sad when uh, the top team, the, when the top team in your division makes the playoffs with a seven and nine record. Yeah, second time in That's history. That's kind of sad. And not just that, but uh, Washington's net point ratio uh, for points points for uh, against points allowed differential was only a positive six compared to all of the other teams in the division. Uh, the Giants had a minus 77, the Cowboys a minus 78, and the Eagles yeah. a minus 84. I mean... Okay. Now, that's, that's, that's the suckiest I've ever heard. 
yeah, that's kind of sad for a team, yeah. for uh, for you know a division leader to to win their division with a seven and nine record, make the playoffs, and only have a net ratio of plus six. And then congratulations, your first opponent is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bye bye. I mean, obviously, with Washington this year, I think with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick as their quarterback, you know, you're probably looking at a much better opportunity to uh, actually score points and win games. Uh, considering, you know, if I if anybody asks the question, you know, would you rather have Ryan Fitzpatrick or would you have Alex Smith as your quarterback? I'm probably taking Fitzpatrick, even though Smith had a uh, yeah. miraculous comeback last year. Uh, yeah, I'm probably taking Fitzpatrick. But, you know, the Giants, I, I got to say, I got to say, even without Saquon Barkley last year, the Giants weren't that bad. I mean, a 6-10 and 10 record. Weren't that good. Yeah, yeah, they weren't good, but, I mean, they weren't horrible either. You know, no. they, I, granted, they were the least scoring team in the NFC East, but also they were the second lowest uh they were the second lowest team when it came to giving up run or when it came to giving up points. So, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's possible with Saquon Barkley coming back. I mean, Saquon Barkley is basically the Christian McCaffrey for the, uh, you know, for the, for the New York giants. So it's entirely possible, you know, maybe perhaps the giants have a much better uh, a much better time this year with uh, you know with potentially making a playoff push. Yeah, I can't believe I'm you know I can't believe I'm looking at this uh, I can't believe I'm looking at this uh, this score right now. Boston had a seven to two lead over Chicago. Yeah, Alex Alex Cora for some reason decided he didn't want to push a rookie who was making his major league debut. Didn't want to push a rookie who had given up two runs what? through three innings. He only threw he only threw forty some odd pitches. And he took him out after three innings and gave it to Garrett Richards, who basically gave away the game. Stupid. I I just I will never understand why Alex and I guarantee you, it was probably it probably had something to do with numbers because Alex Cora is so obsessed with numbers. This is once again another. This is once again another game that Cora has blown with his management decisions. Now, the Yankees, they currently hold a slim lead over the New York Mets 5 to 4 in it was the subway five series. Was 5 nothing before. It was 5 nothing before, yes. Uh, but the Mets have come have come all the way back and they do have a runner on first with no outs uh, in the uh. bottom of the 6th inning. And you know what? I do find this kind of uh, I do find this kind of iconic when you think about it. Because correct me if I'm wrong, Lou. Uh, obviously, today is September 11th. Uh, correct. Twenty twenty years ago, 
when baseball returned for the first time after September 11th and George Bush threw out the first pitch. Wasn't it New York, wasn't it New York against New York? Or am I wrong? No. No. With no? New York, I believe, against the Cubs. The Mets against the Cubs. Why did I think it was the Yankees for some reason? I could have sworn no, it, it was the Yankees. Not that we no. But um, and the game was the game was at um, the old the uh, Shea the old Mets Stadium. They almost at City Field. Yeah. And um, they had Jack Buck um, speaking just before he passed away. I mean, I mean, he looked really sick. You know, being out there on the field. Now this was on on September seventeenth, mind you, the first day back. And you know, and you know, he made an iconic. At the end, he made some very iconic words. Is it about you know, basically turning? Like, should we be here? Yes, and I agree that we should have. Been, that that was the right time to get back in to get back in the game, back in uh, back to normal and whatnot. Because you know, the longer that you know we don't play, the longer we're in fear, and that's no way to live. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, we know how September 11th completely rocked this country to its core. Uh, yes. And actually, it was among it, it, it was oh. it was basically the time where Bush's approval rating was probably at his highest. Right. When he was able to get us through 9-11. And actually, you know what? I was thinking uh, when it comes to the Yankees, I was thinking of his World Series first pitch. That's what it was. Right. It was the World Series first pitch that I was thinking of against the against the Diamondbacks. Oh, I you're thinking of 2000 then? No, 2001. Uh, because uh, 2001, because we played against the the D-backs in the World Series. So it's because uh, it's said, it's said here that he threw out the ceremonial first pitch of Game Three of the World Series. But I'm pretty sure uh, he also did a. I'm pretty sure he threw out a first pitch as well shortly after September 11th. He might have, but um, I could have played that. Okay, no, so so yeah, it was it was the Diamondbacks then. For some reason, I don't yes. know why. I thought it was the Mets. Uh, I could I I could have sworn it was the Subway Series, but nope. Um, yeah, regard, regardless, though, you know, it was a. Uh, it's very weird, you know, to look upon nine eleven every single year, and yeah. Just think of how it completely rocked. It completely rocked the entire world, not ju- or the entire United States, not just in the, uh, not just you know in politics, in sports, and entertainment, and mm. everything. I mean, they had. Uh, I believe it was was it, it was either David Letterman or Conan O'Brien who decided not to go on the air. Uh, in in uh, observance of September, or actually no, oh, Ryan, it was, it was quite a couple of uh, um, Letterman. 
Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was a couple of them actually decided not to go yeah. on the air until yeah, at least. Yeah, didn't go on. Leno didn't go on. I think they all shut down. Yeah, until until at least I think it was like a week or two after September 11th that they came back on a week. the air. A week. And uh, I remember I remember John Stewart did the same thing. You know, he was talking about whether or not yeah. he should really even be on the air. Um, when he was still the host of the uh, of the Daily Show on Comedy Central back then, and yeah. you know they even had uh, the WWE, for example, who at the time was the WWF. Uh, they right. were actually the first. They were actually the first uh, public assembly of any kind after the events of September 11th. They were the first yeah. company to hold a public assembly. So, you know, it, it was like that. That one day pretty much shut down everything, essentially. Yeah. You know, businesses, sporting events. There was. I mean, it, there was there was nothing like it. Uh, no, at it least in my to. lifetime. You know, there was not there was nothing like it, at least in my lifetime, that there was not one event that shut down numerous things. And you know, it's it's great to, to see that we that we still look back upon it every single year and just remember you know the uh, the type of world that we uh, well I shouldn't say the type of world but you know the um, just how fortunate we are to live country that we live in yes but you know the only other time that I can think of where the sports world really stopped at all was uh, the Boston bombings back in 2013. Yes. Well, that and also Kobe Bryant's death as well, uh, yeah. where the entire basketball world completely stopped. Yeah, I was coming home from a, from a, weekend, from a weekend visit, and I was hearing reports from SiriusXM uh, at first, I didn't think it was credible because it wasn't coming from the new from a news station. It was going to be a music station, and it was reported by TMZ, which I think is a load of crock. A TMZ that is. But uh, when I got home and turned the set, it was it was legit. And I'm like, oh my god. Awesome. Yeah, I heard it from TMZ first. I I uh, woke up actually. Uh, believe it or not, it was considerably early for me for a for a Sunday because it happened on a Sunday. <laughs> And, uh, you, you know, usually I, I sleep on Sundays until, like, noon, maybe 1 o'clock. And wow. that's literally the first, thing, the first thing I see when I wake up is, uh, you know, the news of uh, – I get I, – I had so many notifications from the ESPN app about Kobe Bryant. And Right, right. You know, I never would have thought that – I would wake up one morning and hear that he was killed in a plane crash, or I mean, not plane crash, a helicopter crash. Yeah. 
But, you know, speaking of basketball, uh, they are holding the uh, enshrinement ceremony, the induction ceremony for the 2021 class tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Pierce, Chris Bosch, Chris Weber, or Bosch is actually giving his speech right now. Uh, Paul Pierce just yeah. gave his speech. Uh, we had Chris Weber. We had Bill Russell going in as a, uh, as a coach. We had mm-hmm. uh, Ben Wallace, Ben Wallace going in, Tony Kukach of the uh, of the Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls team, uh, the the three peat basically, um, and we also had a couple of uh, a couple of other uh, notable uh, notable contributors as well, mostly on the uh, you know on the women's side for uh, for for women's basketball. Uh, right. I, you know, I, I didn't even know actually until I want to say around, around, around the time that the hall of fame ceremony started actually that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, the, that the enshrinement was tonight. I mean, it's kind of funny considering I don't live that far away from, uh, from the spot of the, uh, of the induction ceremony. And Springfield, right? you would think. Yeah, you you would think that I would know. You would think that I would hear about it. Yeah. But I was I was caught off guard. I had I had literally no clue that it was tonight. So um obviously, you know, once the once right. the podcast is over tonight, I'm going to once the podcast is over tonight, I'm going to go back and listen uh re-listen to Paul Pierce's uh induction speech cuz he had Kevin Garnett up there with him. Uh, believe it or not, this is actually the first time I believe they said it's the, uh, or at least to my knowledge, uh, considering all uh, ever since Ray Allen left Boston, supposedly he wasn't really on good terms with everybody after he left no. Boston. And this is actually the first time I think that Pierce, Garnett, and Allen have been oh, together no. in the same place. Since uh, since he left Boston, the Mets just took the lead. I'm gonna go throw up. Yeah, I just uh, I actually I got that notification from uh, yeah uh, from my uh, my co-host for the uh, Games Gridiron, um, Tim gave me that notification actually. So yeah. uh, well, my girlfriend is happy. Let's see. Wow, and Kluber was pitching tonight. Kluber only lasted four innings. Wow. This is the eight in a row they have lost. If this holds up. Well, luckily for you, I mean, it is the Mets. So. Yeah, I know. New York still, still has New York. New York still has the possibility of coming back. That's I mean, true. It's not, it's not but, like you know, uh, it's not. It's not like Aaron Boone pulled a Alex Cora and took out a pitcher who was doing no, good. But the same thing. I mean, you blew a five nothing lead. I mean, that's you know, and you lost it. So you know, that's embarrassing. True. How do you True. go from you know winning thirteen games in a row just a few weeks ago down to this now maybe losing your eighth straight? I mean, like what the hell? 
Well, you know, you know, it's it's like you said earlier the uh, earlier this season. You know, it's a long baseball season, so you're going to have those stretches. You're going to have those stretches where you'll have a certain amount of wins in a row, and then you'll go on a slump, and then you'll come right back, and you'll get back on the win on on the win. I mean, this path. is ex- I mean, this is extreme. Yeah. More or less, can't understand is why Chad Green is pitching in the sixth when usually isn't he used for more? Isn't Chad Green normally used for more of a seventh, eighth inning type of role? Yes. So this doesn't make sense at all. What uh, what Boone is doing here, unless unless there are some pitches that just aren't available for tonight. Yeah. I'm just I'm just very baffled, you know. You know, first you're on a hot streak, you had the highest uh, winning streak in 60 years, you know, 13 in a row, and we're gaining ground, and maybe even not only just gaining the wild card, but maybe the division. Now you're up Shit's Creek and might even not even make the playoffs now. Ugh. Well, you know the good news the good news for you guys is that uh, if this score holds up, Boston will lose tonight. So. Thank God. You know, it's not like you're going to go any further right. down when it comes to the wild card. Uh, I mean, you know, looking at the looking at at the schedule or the standings right now, I think it's safe to say that Tampa Bay probably has sole control of the AL East. You know, nine and a half yeah. games ahead of Boston, ten and a half ahead of uh, New York, and actually, this Only is bad to news play. for the Yankees because. This is bad news for the Yankees because if they lose tonight, Toronto can overtake them for that second wild card. I'm going to go throw up. Because I didn't even notice this, but Toronto is, first off, they're 9-1 and in their last 10 games. It doesn't help either that they're facing Baltimore tonight. Uh, And Baltimore. And they're tied with, with New York right now in the standings. Yeah. Ugh. Absolutely disgusting. The run differential, too. Toronto is in fourth place in the AL East, yet they have a run differential of 143. A positive run differential. Yeah. Compared to Boston, who has a run differential of 52, and New York, who has a run differential of 27. You know, you would think if you have a higher run differential that you would be further up in the standings. But Yeah, you would. I, I, I don't know. You know, this is uh, – with, with 20 games left, there is anything that could potentially – anything could potentially happen. So yeah. you never know. Uh, as far as the AL Central goes, you know, Chicago, they're running away with that 11 and a half games ahead of Cleveland. Cleveland got no hit tonight by, uh, the Milwaukee Brewers. New record. Uh, New led record. by, led by, uh, led by Corbin Burns, who pitched. Now, this, you, you see, this is one thing I have a problem with. Corbin Burns, yeah. I mean, grant, granted it was 115 pitches that he threw, but Corbin Burns got taken right. out after eight after eight no hit innings. He got taken out for 
What? Uh, 115, 115 pitches. And oh, high pitch count, yeah. Yeah, it, it was a high pitch count, but wouldn't you at least think that you would try to send him out for the ninth inning? Sure. At least try and send him out, but but nope. Uh, Josh Hader, he came out and uh, put the final touches on the Brewers' first no-hitter since 1987. Uh, granted, it was a combined no-hitter. It wasn't a official... I mean, technically, yeah, it is a no-hitter, an official no-hitter, but it wasn't, you know, done by one pitcher. Uh, this is the official new record, uh, pending the inclusion of the Negro League stats. Uh, yeah. Depending on, depending on what comes up from from the integration of those stats, it is possible that this is the new record topping 1884 for the most in a year in MLB history. Wow, the ninth, the ninth no hitter of the season. Yeah, and in, in uh, at the same time here, uh, it pushes the Brewers' record to a franchise best thirty three games over five hundred, while whittling their magic number to clinch the NL Central down to eight. Wow, three weeks to go. We're already thinking. We're already uh, thinking magic numbers already. We still got three weeks to go. Yep. So I guess they're doing the job. Yeah, Boston. Early. Yeah, Boston, Boston, and New York both have their. Ma- Actually, no, Boston, New York, and Toronto. All three teams have a magic number of eleven. With three weeks left in the season. That's literally how out of. Uh, that's literally how out of uh, reach it is, basically for the. Uh, for the American yeah, League yeah. wild card. I mean, usually you don't start uh, thinking magic numbers till like about maybe with about 10 days to go or something, but, uh, you know. Yep. And actually it says here Cleveland also on the, on the other side of the coin, Cleveland became the first MLB team to suffer three no-hitters in a season. And remarkably, each of those games was started by the same starter, Zach Plesak. Only one pitcher previously, uh, that being Jim Perry, had been on the losing team's end of three no-hitters throughout the course of his career, which was once in 1970 and twice in 1973. However... Zach had all three lost, all three no hit losses this season <laughs> alone. Uh, the other the other uh, losses that Plesac had were to Carlos Rodon of the White Sox, who pitched a who pitched a no hitter in an eight nothing win over Cleveland earlier this year, uh, as well as. Uh, Wade Miley of the Cincinnati Reds, who notched a three nothing victory earlier this year. Hmm. And actually, speaking of, uh, ooh, this is a final Arkansas forty to twenty one victory over the Texas Longhorns. Ooh, so boy. Arkansas, so Arkansas officially covers by default because they were the they were the underdogs I believe despite being at home. 
Got the final score up on the page. Actually, let me let me double check here. I'm pretty sure they were the underdogs. Uh, let's see. Where is where is the Arkansas spread? Uh, it was six and a half against. Yeah, they were the underdogs, which is which is odd considering they were at home. As far as the elimination numbers go, uh, like I said, Boston, New York, and Toronto are all at 11. Uh, for Cleveland, oh, for the Central, Cleveland is at 11. Uh, Detroit is at 6. Kansas City is at 5. And Minnesota is at 3. So those numbers are starting to dwindle down before they each get eliminated. Uh, Seattle for the AL West is at 17. Oakland is at 16, and the Angels are at a magic number of nine uh, before they get eliminated. Philly is at 18. The Mets are at 17. Miami at six, and Washington is at five. It's very odd that Washington is still in this, despite a 58-83 and record. That just shows how the division sucks. Oh boy, this was a this game was a laugher right here, as expected. Which uh, which game in particular? <laughs> Oklahoma over West Carolina. What a disaster! Well, yeah. It, oh my God, seven. Yeah, seventy six to nothing. Yeah, that wasn't even. Uh, Told you. Yeah. That wasn't even a question. No. And this is another final. Uh, Wisconsin over Eastern Michigan, 34-7. to seven. Uh, That has officially gone final. Uh, let's see. Ole Miss has increased their lead over Austin PA to 51-10. to 10. Uh, Miami, they officially beat Appalachian State 25-23. Uh, North Carolina with a 45-10 to 10 lead over Georgia State. So they've increased their lead. Uh, let's see. And it looks like... I believe I've na- – oh, uh, Utah and BYU has officially started as well. And Stanford and USC, as well as UNV and Arizona State, they're about to get underway any minute now. Um, yeah, still, there's there's also a – I believe there's quite a few other games that are still ongoing right now. UCF, yeah. they currently have a uh, blowout lead over Bethune-Cookman. 63 to 14. NC State getting their asses whooped by Mississippi State, 24 to 3. That's basketball. They're not football. Uh, this one, this one looks like they're going to go into overtime. Florida International uh, against Texas State. They're tied at 17 apiece. Uh, let's see. SMU over North Texas, 35-12. That's about seven and a half minutes to go. Kansas State over Southern Illinois, 31-23. Texas Tech with a slim lead over Stephen F. Austin, 28-22. 
Oh, Memphis over Arkansas State right now, 55-43. That's close to being finalized. About about four minutes to go there. And New Mexico currently over New Mexico State, 34-25. But got uh, that's for you not too. really much. All right, what do you got? Miami over App State, 25-23. Yeah, that's a slim, that's a slim victory, but unfo- unfortunately, Miami does not cover on that one. I would one. spread that game anyway. Uh, eight, I want to say. Eight, oh, still relatively low. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was eight for Miami. Yeah. I've expected higher. But then again, Apple yeah. State, you know, has proven to be a team in the last few years. I mean, they. They've had some uh, good quality upsets, and they're looking like you know to be a a decent team now. I mean, we used to we used to laugh at Appalachian State because they were like you know one of the suckiest teams in college football, but uh, they've changed. They have, yeah, they have made strides over the last couple yes. of years. Uh, but you know, still they're not they're not in the range of uh, no potentially no. ever being. Uh, they're not in the range of ever potentially being uh, put on the top, top 25. Conference. They have hit the top 25 occasionally, though. Occasionally, yes, but you know, not not in a case where they where they're mainstay. Right, right. Oh, we no, do have. Been, uh, we do have some more. Yeah. We do have some more baseball news here. Uh, Major League Baseball has officially extended Trevor Bauer's administrative leave uh, through the conclusion of the postseason, so he will not be uh, he will not be eligible to uh, to be on the postseason roster for the Dodgers, and I assume he probably will not be eligible for a ring either uh, oh, if surprised. the Dodgers end up winning if the, if they end up winning the World Series. Uh, so this does officially put an end to his season as he still remains under investigation by both L.A. County as well as Major League Baseball for allegations of sexual assault. I don't get it, though. I mean, they keep extending and extending. It's supposed to be a week, down, 10 days, down, you know, like the whole season. I mean, you know, it's just getting worse for Bauer. Yeah, it's it's not looking good at all. Uh, you know, especially with how, with how his, uh, how his defense originally started out with, yeah. uh, when it came to defending him, it, it hasn't looked good at all for him when it comes to, no, no. you know, when it, when it comes to potentially, uh, getting him back, on the field, it's be shocked at all if uh, he he could potentially face, I think, some uh, some prison time here with with how slow oh, that this uh, with how slow that this is moving. I think it I think yeah. it becomes more likely that he's probably looking at some serious time at this point. Okay, you're back um, in the you're back in the game now. Who are we? 
Take a look right. at your score here for the Red Sox. Oh, okay. It's tied up now. Okay, that's that eight, makes me feel yep. a little bit better. I figured. Yeah, that right. makes me that makes me feel a little bit better now. I want to see. What a game! I wonder who got. I wonder who got it. Uh, yeah, what a game. Let's see. Wow. Yeah, it's you know it's not really that shocking considering uh, how how highly structured the two offenses are. That's true. It's not really it's not really that shocking, but no. I mean at the same time at the same time though, I think that if they had left Connor Seabold in, uh Seabold was making his major league debut ever since being acquired uh along with uh Nick Pavetta uh from the Phillies. You know, in that in that deal that sent uh Brandon Workman and uh Heath Hembry last year over to Philadelphia. Uh, I mean, he was doing fine. You know, he only gave up three hits, two runs. Uh, those two runs were off of a home run, though. Uh, two walks. Right. He didn't strike out anybody. But, I mean, he had gotten into a couple of jams and got out of them. And he only threw 43 pitches in three innings. And for some reason, Cora was like, no, nah, we're good. We don't want to. We don't want to push him in his first in his first uh, major league outing, no, even though he he's been scr- even though he had been scratched from his last uh, AAA start because they were anticipating him getting called up. But you know, this is the story of the Boston Red Sox season. They decide to, you know, yes. pick up random pick up random scrubs for the bullpen. Uh, instead of acquiring somebody like, oh, I don't know, Craig Kimbrell maybe, uh, like the uh, White Sox yeah. did. Uh, although I will say, you know, probably their best pitching acquisition was Garrett Whitlock being thrown in for free by the Yankees uh, for uh, for the Red Sox to take Adam Adovino's contract, which Adovino hasn't really been that bad at all this year. Uh, Whitlock, though, a 185 ERA for the Red Sox in, let's see, how many appearances? In 41 appearances, he's 7-3 and three with a 1.86 ERA out of the bullpen. And this is a guy that the Yankees could have had this year. They chose not to bring him up for some reason, even though, you know, he's flat-out been the best – He's been the best pitcher on the Red Sox uh, in the Red Sox bullpen, and he probably would have been the same for the Yankees had the Yankees decided to keep him. Yeah. But Adovino, you know, he hasn't been that bad. A 3.83 ERA out of the pen. He has, I think, it's like 12 saves maybe this year. Uh, yeah. No, 11 saves. 11 saves. 61 pit, 61 games pitched. You know, so he's he also a five and three record. He hasn't really been that bad this year. Uh he probably could have been of some use to the Yankees, uh, for their bullpen. But, you know, I guess because of his shaky uh season he had last year, uh the Yankees well plus his, his major uh his major contract uh uh cap hit. You know they wanted uh, they wanted to get rid of him as quickly as possible, even even willing to uh, throw in a free prospect 
team that was willing to uh, to take him on. Uh, let's see some other bits of news. Uh, Wander Franco or Vander? Wait, I think it's Vander. Vander Franco uh, from the Tampa Bay Rays was removed from yesterday's game against the Tigers in the first inning with an apparent injury. Uh, he ended up singling in the top half of the first inning to extend his on-base streak to 39 games. And then he went from first to third on a double by Nelson Cruz, where apparently he sustained the injury. Uh, he, the good news is, though, he was able to walk off of the field under his own power. So oh, it maybe, it's not, maybe it's not as serious as, uh, as led to believe. But uh, it says here in a report, Oh, yeah, okay, seven hours ago. He was placed on the 10-day injured list. So, uh, I mean, he could possibly return before the end of the season. But, I mean, considering he was called up uh, during the middle of the season for a 20-year-old a twenty year old uh, major leaguer, I mean, he's batting yeah. 285, seven homers, 36 RBIs. You know, not bad for a, for a rookie. I, I think it's possible he might be in line potentially for rookie of the year. Possible. I mean, I'm just just looking over uh, looking over his stats, and right, he's actually been huge. He's actually been huge for the uh, for the Tampa Bay Rays in their rise to the top this year. And looking at the looking at the Blue Jays score, it's five to one Blue Jays with the Blue Jays threatening uh, runners at the corners in the top of the seventh. So, uh, if you're a New York fan, you may want to hope that the Yankees get back in, get back uh, on top against the Mets because yes, yeah, right now it's looking like. Uh, it's looking like you're pro- you're probably looking at a uh, at a fourth play uh, being out of the wild card at the end of the night uh, here. Unbelievable how this is how this bizarre has become a bizarre turn of events. I mean, really. Yeah, I'm kind of two surprised weeks ago we were looking at you know possibly even winning the division and whatnot. You know, right behind that winning streak. And all of a sudden, now we are just, you know, hit the, hit the wall in a big way. I mean, this will be eight in a row. I've never seen a team that has won 16 or uh, 13 in a row and then going to lose eight in a row. I, I have never seen it that like that. I mean, it's a tale of two well, extremes let, with this team right now. Well, let, let, me, let me ask you this, Lou. Uh, I asked you this earlier this year when New York went on that horrible losing streak previously. Yes. Do you right. think? Do you think? Do you think this is on Boone, or do you think this is on the players? Huh. Really tough to say. I mean, I, mo- I don't know if you can. Who is most responsible for this? Uh, for this new uh, this new losing skid? Yeah, that's always tough. I mean, who really is to blame? I mean, you can blame Boone, or you can blame the players or whatnot. I mean, it's it's really tough to say. I don't know if this. I don't know if there's any really one particular party that's really uh, to blame. I think you're both at fault. I mean, you know, maybe Boone's doing some bad managing, but 
the Yankees are, you know, in the beginning of the season, it was like they couldn't even hit. And, uh, and it looks like, you know, that's uh, starting up again. So, in a way, I think you're, I think you're all responsible uh, for it. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's right. You can blame one or the other. Yeah, it's very, it's very odd, especially when you consider the uh, moves that management made at the deadline. You know, the fact that you guys ended up getting Joey Gallo, you ended up getting uh, Anthony Anthony Rizzo. Joey Gallo Rizzo, from and they're, the ma- they're making strides for us. Yeah, and so you can't really blame this on management. No. Uh, I mean, Boone Boone is still in question, and. Technically, so are the players. I mean, you know, it is one thing for Boone to make the decisions, but it's another thing for the players to be able to execute. So maybe it could be, it could be mostly on the players potentially for Good why night. this, uh, for why this, uh, you know, downhill slope has begun again. Um, or it could be, you know, it could be another thing like the case of how Boston got off to such a huge start this year because they were overperforming. It's possible that the Yankees just overperformed during that run. And then Mm. they ended up reverting back eventually to the team that they really are. Kind of like what the Red Sox have done. So, I mean, I I don't know. It's just really a shame. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. This is this isn't good for New York fans. Uh, Toronto just increased their lead to eight to one now, so that yeah. is pretty much a guaranteed win for Toronto, uh, considering it's against Baltimore at that point. Uh, and Houston looks like they looks like Houston may be giving up the game against the Angels. They're sitting in the bottom of the ninth right now with a four to one deficit. Uh, Houston with a problem. Yep. Uh, Miami, it looks like they're about to close out Atlanta, 6-3. to three. Uh, The Dodgers and Padres are tied at two. We have the Diamondbacks leading Seattle, 5-3 to three in the bottom of the fifth. Uh, some finals, we got San Francisco completely destroying Chicago, 15-4, uh, to four, the Cubs, that is. Uh, Cubs are ass. Uh, Cubs are, yeah. Texas with a 8-6 to six victory over Oakland, so that's good news for those who are still in the wild card. Uh, Toronto, oh, okay, so this is, this is the second game of a doubleheader then, because Toronto yes. beat Toronto beat Baltimore 11 to 10 earlier today. Um, okay, so yeah, technically you could say that that Toronto game is basically final because they're leading eight to one in the top of the seventh right now in the top of the last inning, essentially. Um, Philadelphia with a six to one win over Colorado, Tampa Bay seven to two over Detroit. Milwaukee, like I said, with the no-hit win, three nothing over Cleveland. Uh, Pittsburgh, ten to seven over Washington. Minnesota, nine to two over Kansas City. Uh, and Cincinnati dropped a six to four 
loss to the St. Louis Cardinals. Actually, you know what? While I am at it, let me take a look at where that division stands because I want to see if Cincinnati is still yeah. Oh no, they no, they got taken over actually by San Diego. Aha. Uh-huh. San Diego leads them by about a half game it says here, I think. So, yeah, about a half game lead. Uh, for and it looks like the only reason for that is because of win percentage. Even though Cincinnati has more wins than San Diego, San Diego has a higher win percentage. So they officially are the second wild card right now in the National League. Okay, so that that makes a lot more sense now. Um. Let's see. We also have well, we had no other no other games uh for Major League Baseball. There was a contract extension though earlier this week. Uh the Braves they gave Charlie Morton a one year twenty million dollar contract extension, which also includes a twenty million dollar club option for twenty twenty three, which also includes no buyout. Uh, so basically all of it will be guaranteed if they exercise the club option. Uh, there was some speculation that Morton could potentially consider retirement, but it looks like, uh, looks like this will officially lock him in for next year and potentially the year after. And he has posted a 340, a 347 ERA over 28 starts. Uh, through 158 innings for the Atlanta Braves this year. Uh, Some other baseball news. Uh, The Red Sox, they signed infielder Jose Iglesias to a contract for the rest of the season. Uh, This is what's kind of confusing for me. Uh, Yes. he He got released by the Angels. He hit 259 this year with eight homers, 41 RBIs, and five stolen bases in 114 games prior to his release. So it's not like he was bad. I mean, it's it's not like he really has any power numbers. He's never been a power hitter, you know. So uh, this kind of puzzles me why they released him. Yeah, that is a Unless it's because, you know, the Angels weren't really going anywhere and because of the fact that they can't uh, – they've now made it to where teams can't trade in August anymore. Um, I wonder if – I wonder if they just decided, you know, to give him the opportunity to potentially compete for a playoff spot by going to a team of his choosing. Mm. Ooh, yeah, that's not good. Seven to five now. I heard that. Yeah. I heard you in the background. I heard you in the background, Lou, uh, when you mm. commented on that. Yeah, that is not good. For, I can't. Uh, help, I can't help but uh, you know express my disgust. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. That's that's <laughs> not good for the uh, for the Yankees here, especially. No. 
with uh, especially with Toronto closing in. To a bunch of birds. Yeah. Now, uh, going over to basketball for a second here, or for a little bit here, uh, there is some rumors surrounding uh, Ben Simmons. Apparently, Philadelphia is still on crack when it comes to their asking price for Ben Simmons. As according to John, according to John Krasinski of the Athletic, the Timberwolves are unwilling to include either Anthony Edwards or Carl Anthony Towns in any mm. prospective trade for Ben Simmons. Which shouldn't really come as a shock because, no. you know, and it also says here that Minnesota really would rather not trade D'Angelo Russell either. So it looks like you know, Philly is basically trying to swing for the fences with any Ben Simmons trade, and they're getting shut down at basically every single corner. Which, you know, I I guess kind of makes sense because, you know, he hasn't really shown that he's worth the asking price that uh, Philly is basically demanding from teams that are interested in him. I mean, they've a lot of, uh, a lot of sources have basically said that their asking price is astronomical, that they're basically looking for a James Harden type package. Yeah. You do not want to, you do not want to hear about this. Uh, so, yeah, Evander Holyfield returned to boxing tonight. I heard, and he got his ass kicked. Got knocked out clean in the I first told, round I told by you, Vitor Belfort. No, yeah, no business. Yeah, no business doing it. Yeah, no business getting back in the ring at 115 years old. Yes, exactly. 58 years old, and. He got his ass kicked by Vitor Belfort, and it it oh, makes no. sense because Vitor, Vitor has always been, even though he's an MMA fighter, Vitor has always been a primarily a boxer. Yeah. So yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I'm just. I'm not Still even. Did. I'm not even seeing I'm not even seeing a video here. I'm seeing a photo taken on TMZ of uh of Holyfield basically just hang just leaning onto the ropes as he's as he's on his way down and it's it's just not good. Not good at all. No, no, no. Granted granted he took this fight on short notice. Because uh, Oscar De, La, I think it was De La Hoya who had to pull out of the fight, but yes. it's no, just just no. It this is it's it, it's hard to see boxing legends thinking that they still have it in them when really 
you know, you, you just know, don't see somebody you don't see somebody coming in fighting when they're nearly turning sixty. I mean, it was one thing for for Mike Tyson to do it. It was one thing for Mike Tyson to do it against uh, against Roy Jones Jr. When, but the, the, the difference is Tyson still sort of trains yeah. in boxing. He still he still kind of stays in shape, but right. You know, Holyfield, you're 58. Why the fuck are you boxing? Yeah, you know. Never should have come out of retirement to begin with. And let me bring uh, let me bring in JB here. Uh, JB, oh, welcome uh, welcome to the show tonight. Um, so you may you may or may not have heard uh, Vitor Belfort just knocked out uh, just knocked out cold. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Evander Holyfield. Whoa! Surprise? Yeah. Knocked out cold. Yes, yes, I I am. Huh. Well, Luigi's on guess. He's fifty-eight years old, JB. I I. Yeah. <laughs> you know, fifty. It's it's like I just said. It's. Uh, before before you called in, you know it's it's one thing to have Mike Tyson fighting because you know Tyson is still in, is still relatively in shape. You know he still keeps himself in shape. But it's another thing when you have somebody like Evander Holyfield who's been out of the game for God knows how long. And I mean, this was in the first round. Wow. That he got knocked out cold by a guy who still has knockout power, like Vitor Belfort does. Also on the card, uh, Tito Ortiz, he got knocked out cold by uh, Anderson Silva. Uh, Anderson Silva, this is this is actually uh, after uh, Silva beat uh, C. Uh, he uh, he beat Cesar Chavez Jr. not not too long ago. See, but, I didn't. Uh... Go ahead, JB. Uh, I I didn't think Vitor Belfort actually had. Uh, you know, I didn't really think that his boxing skills were really that good. Especially yeah. to knock out Evander Holyfield, uh, even even given uh, Holyfield's been, you know, out and everything like that. I mean, he's still he's still got some, uh, you know, he still he still has it in him. I mean, once you learn how to bike, ride a bike, <laughs> you never, uh, you know, you never forget how. And it's just like. I think it's just like with uh, boxing too. It's just like uh, you know you have to get in shape, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I mean, looking, looking at looking at the there. picture here, looking at some of the pictures I'm seeing here, it does look like Holyfield was in shape. You know, it does look like he was in shape, but you know, it's. 
I mean, it's it's different with him compared to uh, I believe he's a little older than Tyson. So, and maybe possibly he's taken more damage throughout his career than Tyson did. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's just it's just really hard to see boxing legends decide that they still think that they can box at such an old age, especially considering Holyfield. It's been 10 years, 10 years since Holyfield retired. And he feels that he can come out of retirement and, you know, and, and be able to, uh, you know, be able to, beat somebody like or not not beat but be able to fight somebody like Vitor Belfort which granted he's an MMA fighter but his primary his primary practice is a boxer okay that I didn't uh that I didn't know I really wasn't uh too into you know what his uh you know skills were I didn't really think that he had uh you know boxing skills but then again look at uh you know look at Conor McGregor yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean yeah. who well, would have thought that was forced bad boy yeah who would have thought that he would have lasted as long as he did not me well, actually, believe believe it or not, Vitor Belfort he has actually fought professionally in boxing before, back in two thousand six. Uh, granted, it was only a four round. Uh, it was only uh, a fight that was going to go for four rounds, but technically, it was still considered an official uh, pro boxing fight, and he won by knockout in the first round in that fight. So, uh, you know, he has fought professionally before. Yeah, you're talking 15 years ago, though. Yeah, 15 years ago, exactly. But I mean, it's, you, it's, take look, you take a look at Belfort. You know, don't get me wrong. I, I like when you said that the Vitor Belfort, uh, you know, knocked out Holyfield in the first round, I thought, good for uh, Vitor Belfort, even though I thought... Uh, you know, Belfort was going to get probably knocked out in the first round. It's almost, to me, it's almost like the uh, Arkansas-Texas game. Yeah, I thought the, Arkansas, that, you know, you know who would have, I mean, who would have thought that Arkansas would have beat Texas 40 to, what was it, 40 to 7 or something like that? For, no, 40 to 21. 40 to 21. But still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nobody was expecting that. But, you know, I guess you can kind of say, you know, to Texas, well, officially, welcome to the uh, to the SEC. You know, exactly. this ain't going to be a cake. This ain't gonna be a cakewalk like you guys like you guys may have been used to uh, over in your former conference. You know, this is a completely different animal that you're walking into in the yeah. SEC. 
Yeah. Well, it's just like with those uh, four teams that are going into the uh, Big 12. Uh, BYU, Cincinnati, uh, who else was it? Uh, Houston, and some other teams. And it's like, you know, I've read Cincinnati has always done good when they have changed uh, conferences. But it's like, you know, you're going into a totally different conference. Cincinnati is. It's BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston. Those are the four teams that are going into the Big 12. And it was unanimously approved, by the way. Right. Yeah, I I read that uh, yesterday, I think it was. Either yesterday or today. I I forget. Now, get get this, guys. But uh, immediately on the heels of Vitor Belfort knocking out Evander Holyfield tonight, uh, the head – the head of Triller has issued a sure. winner take a, a winner take all challenge. Now Triller was the was the company that hosted uh, this fight tonight on um, on Triller pay per view uh, for Belfour versus Holyfield, and they have apparently offered thirty million dollar winner take all fight against Vitor Belfour. Uh, for Thanksgiving, apparently. Hmm. Now I find this funny because I believe uh, I may need to I may need to double check this, but I believe Jake Paul is under contract still with Showtime, which means that this is going to be a conflict of uh, of contract unless they can come to an agreement yeah. with Showtime and do a co promotion. But, you know, we we talked about this uh, previously, but, you know, like I said, I'm almost considering this to be another freak show fight because Jake Paul, if yeah. he accepts this fight, if he accepts this fight, I mean, clearly he is going to be facing off against, I mean, hell, I would say Vitor probably still has more power than Tyrone Woodley does uh, in his punches. Oh, yeah. But, you know... This is still not a professional boxer. Well, okay, yeah, he is technically a professional boxer. He has fought. uh, Vitor has fought professionally before, though. So I guess technically, okay, he is considered a a professional boxer, but he's 44 years old. And considering how Jake Paul got completely destroyed by Tyrone Woodley, and yet they still gave the fight to, to Paul, um, I'm still thinking that probably, you know, they're going to – I just – I don't know. I don't see how this fight gets made considering the falling out yeah. that Jake Paul had. Considering the falling out that Jake Paul had with Triller. I just don't see how the fight gets made, but uh, who knows? 
we do have a uh, slim score update here. Uh, BYU, uh, they take the short lead over Utah, 3-0, uh, near the end of the first quarter here at BYU. So that's one little bit there. Um, one last uh, story for Major League Baseball before we move on completely from baseball. Uh, Joe Jimenez. Uh, tested positive for COVID-19, as well as Tigers bench coach George Lombard testing positive, despite the both of them being vaccinated. So uh, COVID is still running rampant, basically, uh, in in the world of baseball, as uh, Danny Santana of the Red Sox also tested positive today. So he's put on the COVID list. I mean, it's just back and forth, back and forth, essentially, for positive tests. By this, yeah, yeah. It's you know, I think I think it's safe to say at this point that you're probably looking at a year-to-year basis with this. You know that it's it's not real and. It's not really going to go away, pretty much. And by the way, the Yankees—they have gone back on top of the Mets, eight to seven. So good news, yep. Lou. Oh. And Uh-oh. the the Red Sox and the Red Sox and White Sox—they are in extra innings officially, uh, with an eight to eight tie right now. Hey, and I want to say uh, something to Lou. I want to say something to Lou real quick. Uh, yeah. You know, congrats on getting, uh, you know, six points last week on the uh, Pick'em game. Thank you. Yeah, but, yeah I'm uh, don't, myself. don't think that you're going to be, uh, you know, uh, you know. I know. R- r- riding, riding uh, you know, r- riding it, uh, you know. Hey, you never know. know, JB. You never know. You never know, JB. Luke, Luke could go. I know it. I know it. It's possible. I mean, hell, you were tied. You were tied, Lou, with two of our top performers from last year. So, um, you know, it's entirely yeah. possible. Uh, you could. You could go on a major streak, possibly. Maybe. And just because I said you can't, hey, that doesn't mean you, uh, you know, can't. Anything can happen. Uh, the uh, the Red Sox have officially taken the lead over the White Sox thanks to uh, an RBI single by Travis Shaw. So uh, maybe that game might be close to coming to an end here uh, for the Red Sox. Uh, we do have some hockey news to talk about. Uh, it looks like, first off, the investigation into Evander Kane has reportedly slowed down. Uh, the investigation, of course, in regards to him gambling on games and conspiring to fix his own team's games. Um, according to front office sports, They reported on Wednesday that investigators that the NHL have hired have been unable to interview Kane's estranged wife 
who made the allegations originally on social media. Um, and their initial hope was to complete the investigation before training camp, but now it looks like that that uh, time frame is now in jeopardy, basically. So it is entirely possible that maybe perhaps if this, if this extends into the regular season, we could see Evander Kane go the way of Trevor Bauer in Major League Baseball, which will be basically uh, uh, the San Jose Sharks may hold him out of games. Until things get settled. Uh, Yeah, we got big problems, basically, um, when it comes to that. Uh, Also, uh, David Backus, he officially signed a one-day uh, contract with the St. Louis Blues to officially retire as a member of the organization that selected him in the second round of the 2003 NHL draft. Uh, he played for the Blues for the first 10 seasons of his career before he made it to, to uh, the Boston Bruins and then skated as a member of the Anaheim Ducks for parts of the last two seasons. Quack, quack. Uh, he stated in a uh, statement that was put out, following my last game, it was clear to me that I needed to retire as a member of the St. Louis Blues. That night, uh, the night of my last game, reiterated to me that St. Louis was my home. Uh, it is where my wife and I grew into adulthood, and it was the organization we needed to retire with. The feeling was mutual with the Blues, and I'm so humbled that this journey has come full circle for me to end this amazing ride with the same organization that called my name at the draft 18 years ago. Uh, In 965 career games, David Backus scored 248 goals uh, for a hundred, or I'm not not a hundred, uh, 561 total points as well as amassing 1,148 penalty minutes. So, eventually going to retire as a St. Louis Blue. It only, the only question was when. Yes. Pretty much. Yeah. I really didn't see that. I thought it was going to happen, too. Yeah, it was, you know, it it was fairly obvious, actually, during the middle of his Boston Bruins career that, uh, you know, he was clearly no longer the same player that he once was with the Blues. And I think he he kind of feels he made a mistake in leaving St. Louis. Yeah. uh, elsewhere in the NHL, Jake Gardner is reportedly not expected to play this season because of hip and back issues, according to their general manager, Don Waddle. Uh, Gardner will undergo surgery, and then a timetable for his recovery will be determined. Uh, he dealt with back issues last season, uh, though he did have eight assists and 23 shots on goal in 26 games for the Carolina Hurricanes last year. Uh, He will go on long-term injured reserve, which will help the Hurricanes with their salary cap situation 
following the hefty offer sheet that they had put out to this very book in the Emmy. So this kind of makes sense why they would put out that huge offer sheet considering their cap uh, issues. And now that Gardner is not expected to play this year, that basically allows them to uh, to have Kokaniemi for at least a year because of the salary, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, elsewhere, uh, in regards to injury issues, Sidney Crosby of the Pittsburgh Penguins underwent a procedure yeah. on his wrist on Wednesday that will sideline him for a minimum of six weeks. So as a result, he will miss the start of training camp. And uh, it says here he is slated to be out for the beginning of the regular season if that timeline holds. And apparently, according to Penguins general manager Ron Hextall, this isn't considered to be a new injury for Sydney, as it is something he has apparently played through for years. So this is something he's played through for years, and yet he's still racked up MVP-worthy seasons. I mean, how much better is he going to be once he officially returns? You know, with him being back at full, with him being back at full health. I mean, even with this issue, he racked up 24 goals and 38 assists last year. So he was still averaging over a point per game with the Penguins, despite his uh, wrist issues. I mean, it's – to me, even though he's getting up there in age – it's kind of it's going to be kind of scary if he if he comes back officially at full health. Yes. You know what he may what he may be able to do uh, with his wrist at a hundred percent. By the way, uh, JB, uh, and actually this is a bit of a programming note for our uh, for our listeners. Uh, JB, I don't know if you got uh, you got my message right uh, when it comes to. I... When it comes to the podcast, I did. Uh, yeah, I talked to Jim. I talked to Jim. I sent him a message last night, uh, even though it was during the podcast last night, and he responded to me this morning. Uh, and he did say that he feels Thursdays are a better option. So uh, the Survivor podcast they will be on Thursday night. Uh, okay. At nine Eastern, beginning beginning uh, in two weeks, I think it is. Beginning the twenty third, yeah, the day the, the day after the original uh, broadcast. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Another another bit of news: Patrice Bergeron of the Boston Bruins apparently will not sign a new contract before the end of the twenty twenty one twenty twenty two season. Uh, he is eligible to become an unrestricted free agent after the upcoming season. Uh, however, he feels that it would be useless for him to think about the long-term future. So basically, it sounds like he wants to 
take it year by year, essentially. So I don't know about I don't know about you guys, but to me this kind of feels like it's almost towards the end of the line for him if he's thinking about you know a year yeah. by year basis. The fact that he's unwilling to sign a long term extension or not long term, but maybe like a two year extension or something. Uh, the fact that he's not willing to do that kind of tells me that maybe perhaps it's uh, we're nearing the end of the line uh, of a legendary uh, NHL career. I hate to say it, but yeah. Yeah, I hate to say I mean, it. Honestly, I don't get in the NHL no, anymore. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. You're more of a uh, you're more of a football, uh, baseball kind of guy. Um, I'll, but, I'll, I'll, you know, I I I like to listen to the uh, and you know information that you give and everything like that. That's no problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you know, this kind of hurt. This kind of hurts me, you know, because I watched this guy play. I watched this guy. Uh, come up through the rankings, you know, when he used to, when he played early on in Providence and I saw him come around my area. Um, you know, I actually got to see him play in person. So it, uh, it kind of sucks that, yes. you know, his career is uh, slowly coming to an end here. Yeah. Uh says uh, some other bits of news here. Ottawa, the Senators, they have signed Pierre Dorian to a contract extension that runs through the 2024-2025 season. Uh, I believe, yeah, he is a uh, their general manager. Um, he was named the general manager back in 2016. Uh, according to a statement made by the Senators owner, Eugene Melnick, uh, saying dating to when he was named general manager back in 2016, Pierre has worked tirelessly towards building an organization that can compete with the National Hockey League's best. He's dedicated, detailed, and maintains a sound hockey mind. Under Pierre's leadership, we have utmost confidence yes. that this team will soon be recognized as one that is const- that is consistently meriting success. Uh, on this deal, the Senators will ho- also hold an option for the 2025-2026 campaign. So it's possible that this deal will actually be a five-year deal instead of a four-year deal. Yeah. But uh, at minimum, it's a four-year deal. Also, uh, Gustav Nykvist apparently is healthy fully healthy and ready to play after missing the entire season last year, uh, having to undergo shoulder surgery last November to repair a labral tear of his left shoulder. Um, He had 15 goals and 42 points in 70 games during the 2019-2020 season. And actually, let me... Let me check. Is he still? I don't think he's still on Detroit. Where is he? He is with Columbus right now. So they're going to be real happy to get him back. 
especially with uh, with some of the problems they've been having recently when with uh, with keeping players. Uh, let's see some basketball news. Uh, the Miami Heat they have exercised their 2022-2023 team option on Tyler Harrow, or Hero, I guess it's spelled with two R's. Uh, after exceeding expectations as a rookie, he did take a step back last year, averaging 15.1 points per game and 4.9 rebounds while shooting below 44% from the floor. Uh, in the playoffs, he shot just 31.6% from the field, though, as Miami was swept out in four games by the Milwaukee Bucks, the eventual NBA champions. Though uh, so it says that picking up his team option technically was still a no-brainer for Miami. Um, And even though it was stated that there was a 75% chance or better that he was, that he would be traded this off season, it looks like he will still be in Miami for at least opening day. Uh, Some other signings, uh, the Bulls agreed to deals with Alice, Alize Johnson and uh, Stanley Johnson. Uh, John Stanley's deal, it doesn't say what his full contract details were, uh, but Elise Johnson was a two years, $3.6 million deal uh, to join the Chicago Bulls officially. Uh, He had previously played last season with Brooklyn. So basically it sounds like he will be more of a depth player, really. Um, Yeah. Oh, I missed some stuff actually in the NFL. Uh, In the NFL, the Steelers, they signed uh, outside linebacker TJ Watt to a four-year, $112 million contract extension. Mm -hmm. Wow. Now, this, this deal will keep Watt in Pittsburgh through 2025 and reportedly includes $80 million in guarantees which gives Watt the official title for the most guarantees in a defender's contract, passing Joey, Joey Bosa with his $78 million guarantee. Wow. Um, so this, this officially locks in T.J. Watt for his prime years as a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, looks like it's... I believe he's questionable as to whether or not he will play in week one, though, because uh, he hasn't really practiced much with the team because he's been basically a holdout for this entire, uh, this entire off season, but still a huge part of their defense is now officially locked up for at least the next four seasons. Oh, you know what, JB? Uh, I got Lou's thoughts on this earlier, but I want to get your thoughts on the Baltimore Ravens uh, basically having no run game right now. That they, with all the uh, ACL, the the two ACL tears, and uh, the oh god, I forget what the other injury was. Um, 
Oh, and the Achilles tear that happened to all three of their running backs. They now had to go out and sign Le'Veon Bell as well as Latavius Murray in order to, uh, you know, in order to even have running backs uh, to, to deal with this year. All right. Well, what are your thoughts, uh, JB? Do you think this could potentially impact uh, Baltimore, a team that's supposed to be a run-heavy offense? Could this potentially change them into becoming more of a pass-heavy offense? I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, I can see... Uh, hopefully, uh, I, I picked Baltimore to win uh, Monday night, and hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully that'll uh, go through, but uh, yeah, I can see it, I can, I can see it hurting them for uh, a little while. Yeah, I mean, first off, you know, these uh, with Bell and Murray coming in, you know, they're going to have to get up to speed with the uh, with the Ravens playbook. So, you know, it's not necessarily going to, you know, it's not necessarily going to help them. You know, even though even though they are going to no. get snaps early on, even though they're going to get snaps early on they're not going to have a full grasp of where the Ravens coaches want them to go in terms of certain, uh, certain offensive plays that they, that get run. Right. And this has actually just gone final. The Red Sox nine to eight, they hold on to beat the, the uh, Chicago White Sox in extra innings. Uh, Josh Taylor gets the save. Garrett Whitlock improves to eight Boy, and three on the season. Go there for a while. It was yes, especially with uh, with Alex Cora seemingly having thrown away the game. But no, the the Red Sox they came back uh, thanks to yeah. uh, thanks to a uh, actually a hit by Travis Shaw put them officially ahead in the tenth inning. And Josh Taylor recorded the save uh, in the bottom of the tenth. So the loss for Chicago, or the blown save, goes to Craig Kimbrell for Chicago, yeah. which is his fourth, which is his fourth blown save of the year. And the loss officially will go to. Actually, this guy's name isn't even on the uh, MLB page, so it looks like uh, it goes to a guy named Wright. Yeah, his yeah. name isn't even on the page. Isn't even he doesn't he doesn't even have an MLB page, so that should tell you something as to uh, who he actually hit, he actually is. Um. The Yankees, good news for the Yankees. Uh, they have only one more inning to go through in order to uh, hopefully they can uh, they can hold on to this 8-7 lead uh, against the Mets here. They are in the top of the ninth right now. 
And this has just gone final. Uh, Toronto 11-2 to in game number two against the Baltimore Orioles. So uh, I believe, as of now at least, uh, Toronto has a half-game lead over the Yankees for the second wild card. But assuming the Yankees hang on here, that basically means that uh, – you know, the Yankees will basically jump right back ahead. Right. Uh, let's see here. Some other bits of news. Uh, ESPN's Field Yates has reported that uh, running back Naheem Hines has signed a three-year $18.6 million extension uh, with the Indianapolis Colts. He will get $12 million in guaranteed money out of the deal. Uh, and the $6.2 million per year figure makes him the most expensive non-lead running back in the NFL. He has been one of the better pass-catching backs in the league over the past couple of seasons at 24 years old. Uh, and he'll be, uh, he'll be working once again alongside Jonathan Taylor uh, for the foreseeable future in the backfield of the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Washington, you know, we talked about Washington earlier, Lou, about them potentially having a problem with uh, New York, with the New York Giants this yeah. year, with Saquon, Bar- with Saquon Barkley getting activated. Uh, now Washington, they had to place Curtis Samuel on injured reserve. Uh, which means he will officially miss the first three weeks of the season after he missed the entire summer with a groin injury. Uh, so there goes one of their one of their top three wideouts, which basically means that they are down to Terry McLaurin, uh, Diami Brown, and Adam Humphreys as their top three receivers. Though I guess I guess good news for Humphreys is uh, he saw a 10.8% target share uh, with Ryan Fitzpatrick as the quarterback back in 2018 when Fitzpatrick and Humphreys were both with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So maybe, perhaps, we may see Adam Humphreys. Uh, well, Humphreys will be in the slot anyway, so he'll he'll probably get a decent amount of passes headed his way, but. Uh, Curtis Samuel, uh, losing him for the first three weeks is still a pretty big loss for the Washington football team, which, by the way, uh, actually, now that I'm going into Sports Whispers, that reminds me, I got to update the picks document once I get done with the, uh, once we get done with the show tonight. Uh, But the Washington football team, they are reportedly down to just eight names in the Washington yeah. name uh, race, I guess you want to call it. Uh, they are the yeah. Red Hogs. They are the Red Hogs, which was, uh, for those who don't know, they were the, uh, the name of the offensive line under Joe Gibbs. Um, they're the Red Hogs, the Defenders, the Armada, the President, the Brigade, the Commanders, the Red Wolves, and 
just sticking with the Washington football team. So, yeah, like you mentioned, it was like a stupid the, uh, name. Arkansas State Red Wolves. <laughs> yeah, there are two uh, two different two different uh, names representing Arkansas there with the uh, the Red Hogs, obviously you know in reference to the Razorbacks, and uh, the Red Wolves, which are the name of Arkansas State's uh, football team right now. Right. But I agree with you, Lou, though. Washington football team is such a stupid name uh, that I'm still yeah. stunned that they are keeping that name first off. Uh, hopefully, I would think, considering it's Washington, I would think, and they're located in D.C., I would think that they would go with either the presidents or the commanders. But since Jim mm. brought this up to me, uh, since Jim brought this up to me earlier this week, it kind of makes sense if they were to go with the Red Hogs because they were known as that. Uh, the offensive line was known as that when Joe Gibbs was the head right. coach. <clears throat> so I can kind of see them potentially going with the Red Hogs. Right, what, what are your thoughts, Lou? Do you think that they will stay with the Washington football team, or do you think that they'll go with a different name? I mean, it's kind of like a stupid name anyway. You know, the Washington football team, it doesn't really say much. You, you had to change the name. Yeah, really. Yeah, because, because another thing another thing. To talk about being, talk about being is, lame. Yeah. You know, another thing to take into account here is what if another what if another team has to change their name? You know, like say yeah. the Cleveland Brown say say the Cleveland Browns were forced to change to the Cleveland football team. You know, I uh, can't no, have, no. You can't have two football you can't have two teams with the name football team. No. But I would think and actually, you know what? The defenders isn't that bad either. Uh, I would think that they would do they would go with something patriotic, considering it's in D.C. Yes. Commodores what? doesn't sound that bad either, really. No. Yeah, I'm kind of surpri- I'm kind of surprised that that's not on the list. Commanders is on the list, but not Commodores. Or the command or the Commanders. That's what I meant. Commanders doesn't oh, okay. sound uh, anything's better than uh, what they have now. Anything's better than the Washington football team. That's a stupid name. I, I still call them the, the Commanders right now. Probably. Yeah, actually, actually, uh, uh, what's it called? One of our other uh, competitors, uh, Chris Early, uh, Jim's uh, son. He still puts his in as the oh, Redskins. That's who it is. Yeah, he still he still puts his in as the Redskins as well. So, I you know, know they were, I, I know they were related. I st- I still don't e- I still don't understand why they got rid of the Redskins in the first place. When uh, I know I know it's all about being politically correct. People found Steve. it offensive. Yeah, I know. I I know that it because of the the PC world that we live in now, but. You know, nobody, okay, may, okay, maybe they found it offensive, but they never spoke up about it in previous years. 
Oh, yeah, no, it definitely is. And it's just like the Kansas City Chiefs, too. Right. Yeah, you know, if you get rid of the Redskins, you're you're probably going to have to get rid of the Chiefs, too. Matter of fact, right. get rid of every uh, get rid of get rid of every insulting name. And there's there's a Miami of Ohio football team, uh, right. not too I guess about thirty five miles north west of where I live in Oxford, Ohio. They used to be called the Miami. Redskins, and I guess about twenty years. I guess about twenty years ago, they changed their name to the Red Hawks. Hmm. Oh, you know what? I did not see this pop up, but uh, switching over to MMA for a minute. Uh, former MMA fighter Jason Mayhem Miller was apparently arrested for domestic violence last night. Uh, reportedly, he had struggled with the cops, and he was also tased as a result. Ah, the old taser. Um, the old struggle uh, with the was, cops? Yeah, shit. Said there was an, em- there was an emergency call before... There was an emergency call before 3 a.m. Friday morning, which was made by a female who was screaming on the phone. Uh, they found the female call. The police came to the race to the scene, and they found the female caller with visible marks on her face and neck. Uh, at that point, cops attempted to arrest Miller inside the home, but he didn't cooperate. A struggle ended up ensuing, and LAPD tased him. Uh, they were finally able to cuff him, and he was taken to the hospital to be checked out by doctors. He was ultimately booked for felony domestic violence. And this wow. isn't the first time this isn't the first time that Mayhem has been arrested either. He's got a very, very long rap sheet. In 2011, he was arrested for allegedly putting his sister in a headlock and refusing to release her. Uh, in 2012, he was arrested for allegedly going into a church and spraying a fire extinguisher before getting buck naked. No joke. Uh, in 2015, in 2015, he was locked up for allegedly trying to use a ceramic tile as a weapon against cops before he got tased and arrested. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, my God, this is just, I can't really call it all that surprising that he would get, uh, that he ended up getting, that he ended up getting booked for domestic violence. I can't really call it surprising. No. Yeah. No, not me either. No. Just considering, just considering his rap sheet. Oh, and oh my God, I can't believe I didn't touch upon this yet. 
Uh, so Cam Newton yesterday made a claim. He posted a video on Twitter, or not Twitter, on, on YouTube, about why uh, he was cut by the Patriots. And he claimed that he was willing – he claimed he was willing to stick around and be a backup to Mac Jones, and they claim that the or he claims that the reason why is because he he believes his personality is so big that he would have served as a distraction, and that or Mac Jones know. would have been un, and that Mac Jones would have been uncomfortable with Newton as his backup. Because he says, my aura is my gift and my curse. Mm. When you bring a Cam Newton to your facility, when you bring a Cam Newton to your franchise, people are interested by mere fact of who is he. Newton, no. You're, you're not, you weren't released. Or, or, or Here's another thing. He also says he's not bitter about how it went down, and he still thinks he's one of the best 32 quarterbacks in the world. Uh, yeah, right. No. No. No, you're not. Uh, he also ripped the Patriots and the NFL for the way they handled his COVID testing situation, uh, explaining he felt bamboozled when they forced him to sit out five days after he returned from a trip home in training camp. Basically, he says that the Patriots told him to go. To take a trip home, basically. Yeah. And that essentially put him on uh, on the shelf for five days. And, for, uh, you know, just, just first off, Newton, you didn't get cut because you would be a distraction. You got cut because you suck. I was going to say that. Mac Jones... Mac Jones outperformed you using backups. Yeah. What do you think what do you think he's going to do with starters? And it, there was another thing that came out supposedly as well, uh according to former Patriot player Rob Ninkovich that apparently Newton was being taught the Patriots playbook by Mac Jones himself. And here's another thing, you know, they said, or he said that basically he never, uh, he was expected, the Patriots were expecting him to call the mic and that he had never learned how to do it. Uh, didn't you play high school football? Weren't you taught yeah, to call out the mic? Weren't you taught to call out the mic in high school? Yeah, you would have thought so. Yeah. I mean, that is one of the fir- that is one of the first things they teach you. Now, granted, yeah, you know, the the centers are normally supposed to be the ones to call out the mic before every play. You know, it's one of the first things they teach you, and this just clearly shows that new all Newton cared about was uh was his brand basically before he cared about actually playing football he cared about he cared more about the way he dressed you know uh 
he wanted people talking about him instead of him focusing on the game of football. That's the reason why he got cut. Well, that and right. he sucks. But, you know, exactly. I mean, it should be, it should be a no-brainer. If he had actually come in, done the work, and, you know, actually was serious during his whole time, then, yeah, you know, maybe maybe the Patriots may have hung on to him. But the fact that the Patriots didn't even want him as a backup, I mean, that's got to tell you something. Oh, Good. That tells me that they feel, they feel like he wasn't even good enough to be a backup. Plus, it doesn't help either yeah. that he's unvaccinated as well. Big mistake. So, you know, it's just... If Newton wants to continue to be a jackass... Like he is, he's not going to find himself on any NFL teams. You're not going to be seeing any NFL teams wanting to take a chance on him. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't take a chance on him. No, I wouldn't either. I mean, mean, it's it's different. It would have been different if he goes out and tries. Yeah, but he, but didn't he even was doing – I yeah. mean, he was uh, – it looked like he wasn't even taking practice seriously, you know. Like he was yeah. – uh, like he would be practicing while listening to rap music, apparently. Like rap music would be mm. blaring. Uh, right. And music would be blaring uh during practice and he'd be he'd be too busy in between plays doing these stupid little dances yeah instead of preparing instead of preparing for the next play and you wonder why you got released okay. hmm. you know do we have a do we have a final Lou? we do now, depending on how you saw the outcome. I was watching, I saw that they were down to the final. Yep. I, was, I, I had out they were down seven. to the final out. Yep. Okay, so, yep, so that, mean, that means that New York does hold on to that wild card spot then. Thank God. So that's good news, that's good news for the Yankees. Um, at least I believe. Let me look. Wait, no, right, yeah, right now it says that they are – well, they haven't updated the standings yet, but right now it says no, that no, they are yet. a half game. That they are a half game behind right now, but uh, once they update the standings, they should be back ahead of Toronto. So about 15 minutes um, from now, they'll update that. Yeah, by virtue by virtue of the tiebreaker, uh, they should be ahead of yes. ahead of Toronto still. Uh, and Boston, they improved to 81 and 63. So they remain wow. one game ahead. Um, 
and their magic number so far hasn't changed. Their magic number stays at 11. Um, let's see. Uh, Cincinnati, they – oh, wait. No, their game is done. Uh, let's see. Where is San Diego right now? San Diego and L.A. are still playing. Uh, they are – They're a game behind, aren't they? No, they're a half game. Game behind uh, San Diego. So if San Diego loses to L.A., if L.A. hangs on here 5-4, to four, uh, though San Diego does have a runner on third with uh, only one out in the top of the eighth, uh, if San Diego does lose, uh, I believe Cincinnati gets back into that uh, wild card spot. Ooh. And supposedly the Reds, Supposedly, the Reds have a uh, easier schedule than uh, the other wild card uh, teams in the uh, National well, I would League. Assume, I would assume, considering considering what their how their schedule is usually composed, and considering they are overachieving this year, uh, yeah, I would say they probably have an easier schedule compared to uh, the Dodgers and the uh, Padres. Yeah. It doesn't. I would say it helps them that because the Padres and Dodgers are in the same division, you know, they they'll more than likely face off more against each other in the last couple of games remaining. Uh, the right. last what what was it, Lou? Twenty games they have left. Just about, depending if anybody has any open dates left. Yeah, so about uh, around twenty games or so. Uh, these yeah. last uh, these last bits of games, uh, obviously, there's probably going to be at least one more series matchup between between the uh, Dodgers and Padres. So uh, it does it doesn't surprise me at all that uh, the Reds would have the easier schedule of the three. And actually, the Reds earlier today they did drop a game to the Cardinals, so. Uh, let me look. Where was – yeah, they gave it up in the eighth inning. Uh, it was, it yeah, was they tied, lost 6-4. It was to tied 4-4. Four. Four four. Yeah, it was tied 4-4 four four going into the bottom of the eighth, and then St. Louis scored two. So, but – yeah. You know, it's still better. It's still better than than more recent seasons for for Cincinnati. So it's a uh, yes. Yeah, really. You know, that is, that is uh, something good for them, at least. Uh, BYU, looks like we are headed to the half here. Uh, BYU is up by three, ten to 7 over Utah. Oh, did they just intercept? Wait. I'm trying to determine who has... Who had possession? Oh, okay. Yeah, it must be uh, – no, okay, yeah, that was a timeout that was taken then. Okay. So BYU has possession right now. That was a uh, – for some reason that uh, it was Utah that had possession and BYU just intercepted it, but apparently yeah. not. But appa- apparently that's not that's not the case. Uh, BYU does have 
the ball, third and one at Utah's 43. So maybe perhaps they can extend it to 13-7 before the half here. Um, They're right. Let's see. Okay. Let's see. Is there any other? I believe there are there are a couple other games, aren't there, that are still ongoing? Uh, no, Ole Miss. Yeah. They actually, I believe Ole Miss locked up the win over Austin PA. Mm-hmm. Or PI, however you pronounce it. Um, RJP. Let's see. Stanford yeah. has a 14th. Oh, we may have a potential upset alert here. Uh, Stanford has a 14 to seven lead over USC. Although there's still plenty of time left. Um, that's something to keep an eye on. Arizona state with a 14 to 10 lead over UNLV. And I believe those are the only other games that actually matter in terms of football picks this week. Um, Oh, wait, actually, no, there are a few others. Uh, Fresno State is up 35-10 to 10 over Cal Poly. Uh, San Diego State, 35-7 to 7 over Arizona. Oh, speaking of BYU, first and goal now at, at Utah's two-yard line. Because of a huge play. For some reason, Utah is calling a timeout. I don't know why. Yeah. But uh, BYU potentially can score here. Um, let's see. This one has gone final. Jacksonville State, 20-17 to 17 over Florida State. Okay. So, for, the, so the Seminoles are now 0-2 to start off the season. Uh, let's see, Colorado State 14-7 over Vanderbilt at the half. And I think that may – oh, no, no, there's a couple of others too. Uh, Nevada 14-7 yeah. over Idaho State with about three minutes to go in the first half. Uh, Oregon State up over Hawaii 21-7 to with about ten and a half minutes to go in the first quarter – or I mean in the first half. Uh, so, pretty much those are the remaining games that are currently still ongoing here. First and goal for BYU, and it looks like we have a touchdown. So, BYU enters the half with a 17-7 to lead over Utah. So that's another potential upset in the making here to keep an eye on. Uh, We do have only a uh, few minutes left to go uh, in tonight's uh, tonight's show. You know what I think I'm going to do, Lou? I think for next week, I think we're going to go back to to the regular opening music because yeah, that other idea. music just did. Yeah, that other music just did not work tonight. I don't know what the hell happened to it, uh, but I don't know either. It sounded a it sounded a lot better before I before I uploaded it tonight. Um, hmm. 
I don't know. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's uh, the way it comes out on uh, on the yeah. actual show, but right. Uh, and also, I do have to I do have to reiterate once again uh, because of what happened last night. Uh, a lot of the that is said on these shows are all opinion. Ooh, it is. 16 to 7 actually with a missed extra point by BYU. Um, oh boy. A lot of the stuff that is said on these shows, on these podcast shows, unless they are officially stated by, you know, taken off of reports by reporters or if, you know, if we're talking reality TV, if they're from like an entertainment weekly or if yeah. uh, one of Jim's or if, or if they come from one of Jim's spoiler sources uh, or from Jim himself, actually, I mean, he is the spoiler. Uh, keep in mind that uh, people who are, keep in mind people who are listening in. A lot of this stuff is based off of opinion you know, don't really take don't really take 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 what we say seriously. You know, right? Uh, we're just giving our thoughts on that that has happened during the week. I know things got a little bit tense last night, but I mean, that is the Big Brother podcast, and you know, Big yeah. Brother is a completely different animal in and of itself. So, uh, yes. You know, we apologize if things got too out of hand last night, but you know, it's people are going to have differing opinions. So, oh yeah. Uh, anyways, we're we're going to wrap it up uh, for tonight. Uh, thank you, Lou, uh, for joining me. Right, thank you, JB. Thank you, JB, for joining hey. us tonight. Uh, a reminder for uh, for any of our listeners. If you haven't done so yet, subscribe to the Missy AE podcast by going to blogtalkradio.com slash Missy AE. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or Apple Mu- or not Apple Music, uh, Amazon Music by searching Missy AE. Subscribe. You'll get access to all of our shows that we've done and all the ones coming up. Uh, the Survivor Podcast, the uh, official Survivor recap show will not have a uh, cast assessment, and we will have the first show in two weeks, so the 23rd, uh, the Good day night. after the first show. So everybody have a good uh, rest of your weekend, and we will see everybody next Friday for another edition of the Big Brother uh, recap show and next Saturday for another edition of Sports Whispers Weekly. <laughs>